Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Silver and Gold! Coming to the ring, from parts unknown, at a combined weight of 853 pounds, Piccolo and Dr. Zong! Wow. <laughs> 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 I'm going to go stupid, but at least you don't want to be it. This ain't no whole sweet home, it's a whole sweet misery. We knew when we got here, they tried to put us away. But when they see us walk down the street, they ran the other way. Oh, yeah. I like to think I get my P.S. Hayes strut every time that music plays. Welcome to Silver and Gold, ladies and gents. I am the loaf, and with me, Dr. Zom. Wow! I am drinking beer after work. It's late already on a work night. I gotta work again in the morning. Welcome to the show where we bring you a lovely double feature every week. This week we're bringing you a little topography in our double feature. We're doing 1983's Valley Girl. We're doing 2005's Brokeback Mountain. Yeah. Sam, how are you, sir? Uh, I need an inversion chair to hang upside down to straighten out my spine. Something's wrong. Something's something's very wrong. Uh, but that's nothing abnormal. You know, it, it just happens sometimes, and I'm I just feel like a uh, like a an S. I'll tell you, it's a little uh, humbling. We you know. There's dudes that go out, they fight fires and shit, and they break arms and stuff like that. I hold an iPad at work, yet this <laughs> iPad has somehow nearly crippled my left arm. I fucking get these shooting pains from my fingers up to my elbow every time I turn it a certain way. And it is, you know, come on. What I do is not hard work, and, you know. Yeah, but you do this show. Uh, I'd like I mean, to see them try and do that. That's true. Fucking faggots. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Send them to broke back. <laughs> Queers. What? what? <laughs> uh, I'm drinking some old Fezziwig uh, ale by Sam Adams. It's quite it tasty. Fezziwig. F -E. Oh, I said faggy wig. <laughs> <laughs> Wait a minute. Let's not start out this way. That is inappropriate. On. That is inappropriate. Oh, so yeah, we'll go, we'll talk about Brokeback, and we'll talk about Sammy not being on the show when I just asked him to be. That son of a bee. Damn um, uh, so yeah, that's it. Um, what have you been watching this week? We got a lot of good feedback from our last week's show with uh, that yutz that called us both douchebags. <laughs> Mikey brings the heat and That'll, the feedback. He did. It caught me off guard. Anyway, what have I been watching, you say? <laughs> I hear it's quite a doozy. It's, um, I got my, uh, what you call it, uh, it doesn't matter. Just lots, <laughs> lots of stuff. Uh, the first thing I watched 
was an oldie but a goodie. I picked this up at Horror Hound Weekend. Uh, it's uh, Robin Williams and Kurt Russell in The Best of Times. Uh, this movie is fucking hilarious. It's still hilarious. Um, if you... Like, if you either had a dad that talked about his glory days or uh, friends or yourself, and you talk about, like, all this shit, you know, the glory days of sports and shit like that, <laughs> this is fucking funny. And Kurt Russell and Robin Williams were a good uh, they were a good team. It's uh, It still holds up. Good movie. Uh, uh, yes, exactly. <laughs> the next thing I watched, I'm going to go a little bit quicker here. Okay. Uh, because there's a lot. Uh, next thing I watched was Boys from Brazil with Greg Peck. And uh, it also had Larry Olivier and uh, <laughs> James Mason was in it too. Lots of Nazi stuff in it. Uh, I am very. I find Nazis very compelling. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Even uh, Nazi occult stuff and Nazi science fiction and just Nazi Nazi Nazi. Um, this was a good movie, uh, but I'm not going to talk about it because most people have seen it. It's but it's really good, uh, and it's on Netflix. Instant watch. Next thing I watched was I Am Legend with Will Smith. Uh, this was a remake of um, the well, the, the original re- was uh, Vincent Price, and uh, the uh, this next one was uh, Omega Man with Charlton Heston. But I, I'll tell you what, I'm not like the world's biggest Will Smith fan. I mean, I can take him or leave him, but I thought this was pretty good. I didn't mind it. I uh, saw that one. Eh, it's not bad. I like the Vincent Price one. Yeah. Uh, the next thing I watched was. Um, um, well, I'll tell you one thing about uh, I Am Legend, though, is uh, the CGI is a little sketchy yeah. uh, now. I mean, uh, eh, there's some stuff in it where you're watching, you're like, okay, that, that doesn't look that good. Yeah. Uh, but the next thing I watched was um, uh, 19, uh, 1941, uh, and that's the name of the movie, not uh, the when it was made, Spielberg. <laughs> um, this was, okay, now I remember seeing this in the theater and being kind of like, hey, you know, I don't know. This, it wasn't, you know, not that great or whatever. It's got an all-star cast. It's got like John Candy, uh, Dan Aykroyd, John Belushi, Tim Matheson, a whole bunch of fucking people were in it. Robert Stack. Stack is in it. Warren Oates. Yeah, yeah, it does. But but the thing about it is it's, it's almost like a – it's a throwback movie for sure, and that's what he was trying to make. There, it's it's amazing to watch um, some of the some of the shots that he got, where there's these big fight scenes with all these people and people, you know, just going on dancing and doing all this stuff and everything. Um, it is a throwback to that kind of uh, 1930s, 1940s movies like that, um, but it misses a little bit. Mm-hmm. I I don't know. It's it's for me, it's. Uh, I expected to go into it. It's almost like uh, after you saw Animal House, and then you 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 go into this thinking, okay, it's going to be funny like that, but it's not funny. Ha ha, funny queer. Anyway, no, it's it's all right. <laughs> but it's 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 fun. It's fun to watch just to see all the people and to see the spectacle of it. It kind of reminds me of something like it's a mad, mad, mad world, or the Russians are coming. The Russians are coming. Uh, next thing I watched was uh, Outpost Black Sun. This was the sequel to uh, Outpost that had Ray Stevenson. It's a Nazi occult movie. Um, This one just came out. It was uh, on DVD and the new releases at Walmart. And for some reason, I picked it up. uh, And um, it's not as good as the first one. It's along the same lines, and it's got some good – it picked up at the end, uh, which kind of saved it. But in the first one, the the uh, Nazis were more – they were almost like ghosts. Hmm. And in this one, they're just more like uh, 
I don't know. Uh, sort of zombie. They're they're more like the Krugs in the fucking uh, goddamn Uwe Boll movie we watched last oh, week. Right. <laughs> yeah. yeah, sort of like that. Um, next thing I watched was uh, I got a three uh, one of those uh, Blu-rays that has three movies, and it was uh, uh, True Romance, American History X, and History of Violence on Blu-ray. That's a and weird I combo. Watched- yeah, and, but I, I mean that's what I picked up. It was you know for three movies on Blu-ray, you know it's pretty cheap. Yeah. Uh, but I watched American History X. It looks good. Um, the thing is on those, though, there's nothing. I mean, there's there's um, no even a fucking menu. You just put the disc in. And it just <laughs> so it's it's a cheapy, but I mean you know, as cheap as Blu-ray can be. Uh, I watched uh, a um, documentary that Big Jake, <laughs> Big Jake. <laughs> huge jake <laughs> huge jake mclarge recommended it's a frontline pbs documentary which i like frontline they always do good stuff it's called big sky big money and it's basically about um uh, what's it montana uh they during the election or and after the election and everything they found uh these boxes of Documents where these, uh, what do they call them? The, the, you know, it's the Citizens United thing where they can uh, put in so much, as much money, corporations can put in as much money as they, as they can't want to mm-hmm. without having to say who it is. And But they were doing like some really devious shit. Like uh, this, one, uh, this one company, um, as long as they, if they put out um, advertisements um, for a a cause or a you know something like that then they don't have to say who did it or whatever but oh, wow. uh they they can't endorse anybody so they say well this is my cause or this is what i'm this commercial was about but they just you know get right on the fine line they talk shit about like uh the the, the person and then right at the end they'd say you know don't do this, you know. Right, right. Uh, but also, they found all these documents where they were uh, um, uh, falsifying people's uh, signatures mm-hmm. uh, so that they could put them down. Like they, somebody had just taken a notepad and wrote their name down over and over and over until they found one that looked like the closest one to the person's real signature. And then they were copying and pasting it on these letters and sending them out at the last minute. <sighs> uh, just all kinds of shit like that. It was really, really disgusting. And uh, McLarge Jakey uh, about that one. It was good. It was good. Uh, next thing I watched was um, Four Horsemen of the Apocalypse. Um, this was um, Glenn Ford. It's a remake. The, the original was a silent one with uh, um, Rudolph Valentino, I think. Uh, but it's a remake. Uh, Glenn Ford, Ingrid Thulin, Charles Boyer, E.J. <coughs> Cobb, and Yvette Mimu. And it's directed by Vincent Minnelli. Um this one really got panned. It was a critical flop and everything, but I think they said, you know, now that it's been out and, uh, cause people compared it to the original and like, mm-hmm. here's Glenn Ford playing fucking, uh, Rudolph Valentino's part. And they were like, well, that's stupid. But they wanted, uh, Elaine Delon to play, um, that part. Cause the guy's supposed to be Argent from Argentina mm-hmm. and it takes place during world war two. Uh, but they, the studio said we want an American actor. So, but anyway, it's not bad. It's, it's, it's very long, but, uh, yeah, it, it, it's not, it's not great, but it's okay. Uh, next thing I watched was, um, this was a weird one. Uh, well, not weird, but I mean, I'd never heard of it. It's a criterion, uh, uh called vengeance is mine. 
Uh, it's uh, Shohai Imamura, um, I guess is the director. And uh, it's about this, it's a true story about this uh, serial killer in Japan. Mm-hmm. And it's really good. And it's it's uh, very graphic. Uh, not Well, I mean, it only shows a, a couple of the killings, which were graphic. But when I say graphic, there's a lot of fucking in it. Uh, <laughs> Lots and lots of fucking, and it's got some funny shit in it, too, because the guy's kind of crazy, and the circumstances were really, really strange and weird. Uh, next thing I watched was Electric Horseman with Robert Redford and Jane Fonda, Willie that was, Nelson. That was the screenshot you posted of Redford in that yeah, crazy he just fucking looks disgusting. cowboy outfit. <laughs> they made him wear that outfit. He's like <laughs> he's like a real road, prof, uh, famous professional rodeo rider, and, they, and uh, this oil company's... Um, trademark or their their uh, what do you call it the the the, the not trademark but the like if uh porsche had a horse yeah yeah, yeah. they're whatever they their mascot or their whatever mascot. Yeah. well this this uh triple crown winning uh, racehorse was their mascot and they hired redford to be their spokesman when they they'd make him wear all these stupid get-ups and shit and he's just like ready to vomit uh but it's got a great <laughs> cast uh redford jane fonda nelson uh, Valerie Prine, Saxon's in it, Wilford Brimley, uh, uh, the guy who played um, the psychiatrist on MASH, James B. Stevens in it too. Uh, it's directed by Sidney Pollack. It's it's not a bad movie. I, I always liked it. You know, I like Redford. And I, I always wanted to bang Jane Fonda when she was young. She mm. she she's a comedy pico, but goddamn, she was good looking. She's she's a little bit older in this one, but whew, I liked her. Um, uh, let's see. The next thing I watched was Epoi. Um, Lo Chiarmo no il Magnifico, which is Man of the East, uh, with Terrence Hill. Uh, it's directed by Enzo Barboni. Um, this is, you know, you've seen Terrence Hill westerns. It's along those lines. It's got some funny shit in it. It's mostly comedy and slapstick and stuff. Uh, he does some funny ass shit in it. He buys this horse that is so old. He said, told the guy he wanted a white horse, and. Um, the guy goes, oh, I got a white horse, and he opens up the barn doors, and the thing's just laying there, and they thought they, <laughs> these guys were like going to bury it because they thought it was dead, but it was still alive. So he bought it. So every time he gets off of it, it just lays down on its side, and uh, just stupid shit like that. But it's it's funny. He's from uh, like uh, England, and he's a proper gentleman, and he comes over to the old west, and and uh, you know these these assholes pick on him all the time and everything, and and then he has some friends uh, who are. You know, redneck cowboys, and they teach him how to spit and how to fight and shoot and stuff, which is pretty funny. Uh, let's see. That was on this uh, the, this channel. Uh, next thing I watched was, maybe I don't have as big of a list. I think I just wrote a lot of stuff out because I put the little notes off to the yeah. side. I watched A-Team with uh, Liam Neeson. What's his name? <laughs> Jeffrey Cooper. Bradley Cooper. Bradley Cooper and the guy, that the MMA dude. Jackson uh, and you know Rampage Jackson isn't that great of an actor but you know what you look at fucking Mr. T and he fucking sucked too <laughs> guy from District was it District 9 yeah yeah I don't remember his name the South African guy so um, the guy who was the bad guy in Hard Candy is the bad guy in this there's right. two but two main bad guys in this and they're pretty good uh, this movie's not I mean it's not like a great movie but it's not, I mean, it's, it was worth watching. Jessica Biel looks stupid because she's supposed to be like a FBI agent, or no? She was like she was a captain in the in the army, and like a I military. She was even in that movie, or so. But it was stupid because I started thinking about other movies that I've seen since and that this movie, mm-hmm. where 
the girl like an action star or a policeman or a detective or an army person or something, and she's got these six inch like spike stiletto heels on. <laughs> doesn't make any sense because i mean if you had to chase somebody or fight i don't even know how i think those shoes are sexy but i don't know how women they ever came to wearing those and they would have they're just have to be so horrible a man Uh, invented them that's why (laughs) uh i watched blubberella uh basically ua bowl when he made blood rain third reich uh, i guess they had a little extra time and a little extra money so he just made uh, a comedy uh, with the exact same people, except instead of having um, the hot chick, um, uh, they put this big heavy lady girl in it, and it's really crude and really crass. And I mean, it's got a lot of you talk about uh, homophobic, gay uh, jokes and stuff. I mean, you know what? What's funny about watching is you see Blood Rain Third Reich and everybody in it is acting really serious, like Michael Pere and everybody, right? Uh, then in this one, they just go totally camp. Like some of the guys that were her partisan um, uh, people that were helping her fight the Nazis that were so serious, and the other one would be like, "Oh Jesus Christ, what's going on over there, Jesus?" You know. And so it was like, God, and they were <laughs> exact same. They just use the same scenes, except instead of having that uh, hot chick in it, they would when they would. We're going to show her. They would have the fat girl, and she just ate all the time. It was if you if you, I don't know. It's really important taste, yeah. <laughs> you know. Um, and I don't even know if it's worth watching. It's worth watching if you watched Blood Rain Third Reich and then watching this. It's interesting that they did it like that. I watched uh, Ten Thousand Dollars for a Massacre, and this was a Django uh, movie. This was also on this. Or no, it wasn't. I got this from Cinema Day Bazaar. I forgot. Django. And uh, this does not star... Um, I'm telling you what, I swear to God, I think I'm either losing my mind or I haven't gotten a lot of sleep in the last couple of days. I can't remember anything. It does not have Franco Nero, and I couldn't remember his name. It has a guy named Gary Hudson, and it's uh, directed by uh, Romolo Guerrero. Uh, but I'll tell you what, this one's pretty good. I liked it. Um, it's um, I didn't have high expectations, but when I put it in and started watching it, I mean, it's it's a pretty good movie. I liked it, uh, even though it does not have Franco, but it is Django. Uh, right before, well, not right before we went on the air. Yeah, I was sort because of, I was watching something else too. I watched uh, <laughs> uh, Martin Cove in Steel Justice. Yeah. HS in, uh, at Whorehound and Indy. Um, this I bought, one I bought is, that whore, I bought that VHS at a local bookshop for a buck about a couple years ago. I bought it for a buck at a uh, flea market up in Indianapolis. Uh, <laughs> actually had um, a chain fence on the insides of the windows so people couldn't steal shit. Nice. But it was. Um, this is pretty fucking funny uh, because I always wondered when I saw Martin Cove in. Rambo 2, uh-huh. um, Rambo First Blood 2. Uh, I was like, you know, I wonder why he didn't, or even the uh, Karate Kid, wonder why he, he, he's good looking, he's got a decent build and everything. Uh, he's just not a very good actor. I mean, you know, maybe it's just that this movie sucks, but it's, it's just that's good because he has his shirt off constantly. Uh, one time he gets kicked in the balls, but they must have forgot to shoot the guy kicking him. So he just, the guy's standing there, and all of a sudden he just goes, ooh. <laughs> <laughs> and he's got the fucking coral snake. <laughs> yeah, that stupid snake was, um, you know, a three steps man. It was that was almost like the the Tarantino and Kill Bill using the five finger 
Right, whatever. right, right. Um, and um, it's pretty bad, but it's funny. It's fun to watch. It's a shitty, funny one, uh, or funny, shitty one, whatever. I watched uh, Four Feathers. This was uh, 1939. <coughs> that was my cough button. Um, this was made uh, with uh, Heath Ledger and. Oh, the guy that watched the fucking bag floating around in American Beauty. <laughs> That's funny. I was just listening to Show Show talk about American Beauty tonight. Anyway, what the hell is his name? Oh, whatever. It doesn't matter. Uh, he's weird looking. Um, uh, this is Ralph Richardson. Uh, I almost said Martin Cove. No, but it's uh, uh, or Clements. It's mm-hmm. uh, whatever. And uh, Ralph Richardson. This is a pretty good story. Um I haven't seen the one with Heath Ledger. I might watch it now. Uh, it's a big spectacle, but this was a Criterion also. I got it on iTunes and watched it. Um, I watched uh, today on this, uh, Kiss Before Dying with Robert Wagner and Jeffrey Hunter, who played uh, Christopher Pike on the original Star Trek uh, pilot. Um, this was remade with Matt Dillon and Sean Young. Uh, I think I saw that one, but I can't remember that much about it. But I mean, this, you know, this was pretty good. I mean, it's a, meh, a, a noir. It, I liked it though. And I watched uh, right before, this was actually right before, well, there's two that were right before. But uh, one was called Boiling Point with Gary Busey and Tim Cottrell. This was another VHS that I got at Horror Nice. Uh, Busey, this. This must have been around, okay, now, when he was in Lethal Weapon, he had lost a bunch of weight, was in really good shape, and looked really, really good. Mm-hmm. Probably the best he's ever looked since he was young. And uh, this one, it's like, um, must have been between that and McBain, because he's starting to get a little bit fat. Um, and uh, he still looks good in the face and everything, and he's still, uh, it's before the motorcycle wreck. So, mm-hmm. I mean, he's coherent, and he's a good actor. Uh, but he, you tell him he's starting to get fat because he has a couple of, of sex scenes in it where he's fucking women. And uh, he does the Al Pacino where he wears the big undershirt to cover up that he's kind of fat. You can see when he's got his jeans on that he's kind of got a gut. <laughs> this one chick, she's got she's got a thong on and uh, she's crawling all over him. And he starts like fucking sucking her tits and then he goes down to eat her pussy. And, you know, with this big teeth he's got. And he's on- <laughs> Scooping out some fun stuff. Honest God, it's like uh, it just was gross. And then later on, he fucks Kim Cattrall, and I, it was real, um, like a like a silhouette. They're in the bedroom at night, right? Right. And it's really hot ass, but and Kim, Kim Cattrall had a hot ass because she showed it in Porky's, and it was her ass. But I was I suspected in this one that it might have been a body double because it 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 just seemed like you know they would have showed her face. The other chick showed hers. Um, but it's like a serial killer thing, and he's a cop. He tried to get the serial killer before, and the guy got away, and he uh, got hurt, so he re- retired, and he was having flashbacks and shit, and they wanted him to come back and help him catch this guy. And then I was watching New Nuns with Big Guns uh, right before we went on the air. That's what I was telling you about. And let me tell you something. You talk about nudity. This and <laughs> nudity. This, the women... It's on Netflix has to watch. Uh, pussy, tits, and nuns. <laughs> and tits, uh, nuns shooting people in the face, uh, people getting raped, uh, one nun, um, they, they, uh, this motorcycle gang turns her into like a heroin addict and a prostitute and they get extra money from like Johns because the Johns know that she's a nun, a real nun, mm-hmm. 
be like if they we have a girl in here who's a virgin, you know, and people would pay more money because they thought she was a virgin, or and it's and that's pretty disturbing that part. Uh, but I'm about eh, thirty minutes into it. I'm going to keep watching it because it's 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 almost like somebody is trying to do a um, Tarantino Robert Rodriguez kind of a knockoff. Is it like uh, a hobo? It looked like a hobo with a shotgun kind of movie. More like a bitch slap. Uh, uh, no, sorry, but I mean, it's it's got a lot of rape and nudity and violence, and I mean extreme fucking violence. Hmm. So it's no, not too bad. Anyway, that's <laughs> all right. That wasn't very much. My list isn't quite as long, of course, but uh, let's get into that. Um, let's <coughs> see the one I started last week that I didn't uh, quite finish before the show. It's another mm-hmm. Hark Sui or Sui Hark or I don't know how to say his name. Um, I wa- I had watched uh, the Butterfly Murders by him last week, but um, I watched on uh, Chris Dr's um, recommendation. Don't play with fire. This is a pretty. I don't know. It's a movie would get hard. Like it'd be hard pressed to release this today in America anyway, because there's like kids building bombs to like scare people and. Uh, one of the chicks fucking like tortures mice. She stabs a fucking pin through the back of their head and shit, which is pretty fucked uh, up. Um, but it, they end up getting, t- it's these kids that are, you know, basically just jerks. They're just bored and causing trouble and uh, they get tied up in a fucking like weapons smuggling situation. And it was pretty good. I liked it a lot. Um, it's worth bored checking. Jerks. Yeah, bored jerks. Bored little asshole kids. Um, I watched, and I thought it was the first time I had seen it, but I had actually seen it before. Napoli Spada or Weapons of Death. Uh, this is a Eurocrime. This has <clears throat> who on the poster looks like Maurizio Merli, but it is not at all. It is some dude named Leonard Mann. Uh, Leonard Skinner. Leonard Skinner. And Henry Silva is the bad guy in it, and he's pretty good. No, it's Jeff Blinn. Excuse me. Leonard Mann is the cop in it. Uh, um, Jeff Blinn wasn't in Leonard Skinner. He was in the yellow. <laughs> yes, he was. Um, yeah, so Jeff Blinn looks a lot like fucking Maurizio Merli, especially on the poster. He's do- doing his best. He's got the big blonde hair and the mustache. It's a little darker. Uh, it's an okay movie, and I'd actually seen it before, probably pretty recently anyway. Um, but I watched it anyway. Uh, I watched The Devil's Rock this week, and that movie was pretty gory, and the chick was pretty hot, <laughs> and it wasn't entirely what I thought it was going to be. I thought it was going to be a little more action-y than it was, yeah. um, but I liked it. It was a good, uh, good occultism movie, lots of like talking about... Uh, I really liked the part when they drew the big circle on the floor as kind of the ward to keep her out, and yeah. it was good. Good stuff. Nazis. That is on Netflix Instant, so check it out if you like Nazis and blood and uh, Kiwis. Naked um, red ass. And naked red ass, yes. Uh, and it's hey, before you go on, yeah. have you ever seen any of these videos where, and I don't know why these people do this, but I mean they videotape themselves on this, where one guy will sit on like concrete with his naked ass, like no pants, no underwear, and the other guy will grab him by his feet and like drag him <laughs> again across the concrete on his ass. <coughs> no, it's so stupid. But anyway, um, you talk about bored people doing stupid. It sounds things. like a jackass kind of thing. Don't do that because I think they do it, and then when the guy stands up, they pour like alcohol in his ass. Or it's like just causing yourself pain and laughing about it. <laughs> I don't understand that. 
Yeah, well. Call um, other people and laugh about that. I, I watched uh, Blood Money, a.k.a. The Killer's Edge. Um, this had lined up for a pretty awesome movie because it's a cop movie starring Robert Zadar and Wings Hauser. Oh. Uh, but I'll tell you what the problem was, is that Wings Hauser was not nearly over the top enough. Mm-hmm. Uh, Zadar was, was perfectly fine. He was his normal self, and he had a rocket launcher a couple times, which is pretty fucking funny. But Wings was the pretty... rocket gets caught on his chin as it comes <laughs> out the end of the bazooka. He, he had to he had to he had to <laughs> draw in his jaw as he's firing it as not to get a uh, 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 gunpowder burn on it. Um, <laughs> Wings was I mean he was fine he was good but he wasn't like it wasn't. He was a Wings. I know I don't know what it, it was weird. Um, it was he fine. Took down or something. Maybe he maybe he reeled in. It was a PM Entertainment movie and like I was saying to Sammy on our group. I was wanting a PM Entertainment movie, and it was really just like a generic cop movie that had a little PM Entertainment stuff in it, like the rocket launcher and stuff. But for the most part, it was just, eh, it was okay. Um, let's see. I watched um, another Sui Hark movie, uh, Green Snake. This one was really bizarre. It's a, It was a, um, I guess you could say it's a fantasy movie. Um, it's a Chinese folklore uh, about these two snake goddesses that live in this house in this village. They have a guy. They have one group of guys always trying to hunt them down because they assume they're evil or think they're evil. But they kind of protect the village they live in. Um, there's a Buddhist monk that is kind of like their, I guess their thwart. He's the uh, the sign of good to the to their potential evil. And then there's the human that gets tied up, like um, gets obsessed with white snake and the story i guess is about the green snake who's the younger of the two snake goddesses that i don't know it's weird but some of the it's it's almost entirely practical effects outside of some like you know when i say this chinese lasers you see these a lot in movies where it looks it's not cgi but it's not like i don't know it's not computer generated i don't know what it is yeah there's a lot of that kind of stuff in it and um (laughs) but some of the practical effects are they look fake but it's done to good effect because it looked like it would be done on a stage like there's a there's a a, like a a crane or something that flies around at one point it looks really fake and when the when the snakes are around they don't look realistic they look like something that would be on a stage it was kind of a it, it, it was really nice looking movie as a story a little confusing it might be make a little more sense if you read it or actually you know are familiar with what they're trying to say in the story so uh i watched a, a franco nero uh the blue-eyed bandit or i'm gonna try to say this one il bandito dagli occhi occhi azzurri the blue-eyed bandit uh pretty good he place uh when he works he's kind of balding and has brown eyes and he puts a little insert in his shoe so he limps around and <clears throat> when he goes home he's ripped and wears shades and <laughs> takes mm. his contacts out and has blue eyes um and he's planning a heist of the bank uh it was a cool idea some cool parts uh, started to get a little by the end uh it was all right um i watched russ meyer's vixen Yay. This is a pretty early one, and Vixen is a so there's a, there's a a pilot a uh, bush pilot. He does it have any tits in. Uh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
it, he so whenever uh, basically a bush pilot meaning you know they live in kind of the wilderness up in Vancouver. Canada yeah, I know or what a bush pilot is. Yeah. And a <laughs> but whenever he leaves, basically his wife just fucks everybody, including her own brother. And yes. Uh, <laughs> um, but she's a real she's a real cunt. Like all like. Like he said, his brother's like arguing. Her brother's arguing with her at one point. He's like, "Is there anybody you wouldn't, you wouldn't? Uh, what did he say? Go with or something like that?" And she's like, "Only, only spooks and cripples." And there's a, some spooks. There's a black guy in it, and she just like r- like rails on him the whole time. She calls him Rufus or something like that the whole movie, and she's just a total whore. Uh, lots of titties. There's a really you know uh, that's that that's fucking fucked up when you're okay when you're like a that big a whore that you'll fuck anybody <laughs> but you're so fucking prejudiced and ignorant that you, i mean yeah yeah i don't get it um great she it was erica gavin um and uh she she was good i don't know if she's like that in real life i doubt it but uh this is late 60s this is a pretty early meyer movie i think oh, i was just gonna say something fucking i'll tell you about it later okay and uh <laughs> Not for air. Really, really, <laughs> and a really hot lesbian scene in it too. So, um, let's see, Vixen. I watched uh, Ghidra, the three-headed monster. Yeah. Uh, another one that I wasn't sure if I had seen, and I actually seen it pretty recently, and it's not very good. Uh, the yeah. fight scenes are pretty cool. Um, I fucking laugh almost every time Ghidra makes his noise. <laughs> Or whatever it is, yeah, yeah and the and he sh- he shoots Godzilla right in the dick with lightning at one point, which is pretty funny. <laughs> <laughs> the Does Godzilla have a dick? I don't know. I mean, he has. Uh, maybe he doesn't have to, but tail. it starts. His, the lightning hits Godzilla like in the chest, and then the the camera makes it a point to pan down as the lightning is going down on him, and then his hands go down to like cover his crotch as it hits him in the crotch. Uh, so, so yeah, Ghidra shot Godzilla right in the dick, and. It has fucking Mothra in it, and Mothra stays a goddamn caterpillar the whole movie. <laughs> yeah. So, and uh, Rodan is in it, and Rodan is a funny monster because he's just like a pterodactyl. He doesn't have, you know, most of the monsters have a fucking, they have some kind of special thing. They can roll up and roll around, and or they, like Mothra has the fucking webs they can shoot. Godzilla has the fire breath. Ghidra has the lightning breath. Fucking... Rodan, all he does is fly around and peck people's heads. <laughs> it's really kind of stupid. Doesn't he have stiff wings? Like the wings don't even really move. He just like yeah, a he just kind of floats. Like it looks like you know the fake bat toys or the fake yeah. bats. <laughs> yeah. So, um, but you know, it's a Godzilla movie. So what do you expect? Yeah, um, I used to love that old shit. I do too. Uh, and that was it. That's all I watched. So, hey, what do you want to review first? <laughs> I don't care. Um, let's review Brokeback Mountain. Let's do it. We'll, we'll, we'll get the funny stuff out of the way first. Yeah. And then, we'll do, then we'll do Valley Girl. All right. <laughs> <laughs> we'll be right back with a review of Brokeback. Step for it out. <laughs> In a world that has a country called England, three cinephiles battle weekly against the, the onslaught, onslaught of a movie releases. releases. <laughs> I almost they recite this every time <laughs> when I hear it on the other podcasts. Discuss until each is defeated. Jordan is the host. Ian is the sweary one. And Noel is the grandpa. 
And together they are the 35mm heroes. Dig it, bitches. Dig it, bitches. Mountain. Tell me it's way out in the way. Oh. Rocky Mountain. Tell me it's way out in the way. Woo! Ow! Yeah. Yeah, you know, I got so many women's out there. Tell right now, I don't know who I love to be. All right. First film with Zidey, Broke Back Mountain from 2005. Directed by Ang Lee. You might have heard of him. Uh, you know, directed a little movie called Hulk and some other stuff. Um... <laughs> Starring Heath Ledger, the late great Heath Ledger, Jake Gyllenhaal, and um, it says Randy Quaid. He is not a star. I'm sorry. More of a Michelle Williams and um, what's her name? Anne Hathaway kind of starring roles. Um, the story of a forbidden and secretive relationship between two cow- sheep herders and their lives over the years. It says cowboys, but you know, don't really see any cows in the movie, so. Zom, I've heard your opinion before of this film. Did it change this time? It won three Oscars, another 93 wins, and 67 nominations. 93? Jesus Christ. Well, you know, I think this movie, if, if, uh, if this movie gets out, we're dead. <laughs> uh, no, I'll tell you what. Um, okay, Brokeback Mountain. Now, this is a movie that gets a lot of strange reaction from... Mm-hmm. People who haven't seen uh, it. <laughs> who have not who have not seen it. Uh, when I told like people that I work with, I said, you know, oh, we're going to review, you know, Brokeback Mountain this week. Um, now, my friend Randy had seen it, and he goes, he goes, that's he goes, man, that's a good movie. Uh, but you know, of course, from other guys, from guys that you know, I guess it's it hits that homophobic thing or something, yeah, yeah, yeah. and they're like. Uh, I can't, you know, or some of them are like, they, st- they just either start laughing or they um, go into, I'd never watch that fucking shit. Yeah. And I mean, you know, I've, I am firmly of mind and I've said this a million times on our boards and everything. You know, if you haven't seen something, you know, you can't judge it. Because uh, first of all, if you do and you haven't seen it, that's pretty fucking ignorant, you know. Um, but um, now I think that. What I had said before when I saw it was that, um, you know, I'd heard people say, you know, and this is, you know, of course, an opinion thing and to each of them and everything. Mm-hmm. But, you know, movie of the decade, movie top ten of the of the decade or top ten or whatever, blah, 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 blah. And my perspective on first viewing was that um, I thought it was a good movie, but I thought that um, – Without the gimmick of, and you know, I hate to say it, but I mean, it's uh, you know, that this movie was sold as the gay cowboy movie. Yeah. You know, and it had it was a it was a mainstream 
movie and and that they were going to you know go all out or whatever. Yeah. Um, and um, without the gimmick, I kind of saw it almost as just you know okay, it's a love story, and I've seen this love story before forbidden you know love or whatever and you know people are uh, it's all it's it's very much like uh bridges of madison county okay where uh you know you, the the woman's married the guy the husband's out of town the photographer shows up uh they fall in love they have this passionate thing but they can't be together yeah you know and and it's and that and even in that movie i mean it is it's really sad when when it's, it's a situation like that now i mean like i said that was first viewing yeah um this time um i was watching it um with a little bit more i don't i would say a critical eye um uh, i think that you know Ang Lee, the way he first of all, it was shot in Canada for the most part, up around like in Alberta, up around mm-hmm. Calgary. Mm-hmm. Um, it was supposed to be in what Wyoming? Wyoming. Okay, but I mean, it's just it just lends itself because of where it was shot and where it was supposed to be shot to for some just beautiful, oh, you know, cinematography. Yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, exactly. Um, so in that case, I was like, "Oh my!" You know, it really is a beautiful movie to watch, and and um, I think um, first of all, Heath Ledger was just fucking awesome in it. Mm-hmm. Um, because now, isn't he from England? No, I think it was, he, he was from New Zealand or Australia. You're right, but I mean, he's Australia. Not he was not but, American, though. No. But you know he he um, and I, I planned on the the uh, as we did with Dolph in the last <laughs> last show. Uh, you know he talks like this all the time and he he barely opens his mouth and he, you know kind of uh, mumble under his voice and everything. but I mean that's it really sounded authentic because you know I know people that talk like that yeah. you know and he, um, now um, the story. God damn, he was only twenty five when he did this movie. Yeah, and uh, you know, it's it's a damn you know, it's it's that's another thing. anything I watch him now. It it would be I think to a, to another generation like somebody watching James Dean in East of Eden or mm-hmm. Giant or Rebel Without a Cause. You know, you watch like three movies and and you know they're watching this or Batman or whatever, and you're like, you know, God damn man, this guy was good, and and it's just it's a fucking damn shame yeah. what happened to him so you can't help but but have that in my or ha- couldn't help but have that in my head when i was watching too. um this i guess it was it was just a short story yeah uh and um they you know kind of i guess expanded and elaborated on it and everything to make a you know full uh motion picture um they wanted <laughs> I have to <laughs> you have to go you have to say it they wanted um i think was it River Phoenix and Mark Wahlberg. Uh, wait, was, River or was River? it Joaquin? It's got to be Joaquin. I think River Phoenix was dead before this. Well, I'm thinking, I'm thinking River Phoenix is because he did that one with uh, Keanu Reeves where okay. they were. Oh, he, but he, anyway, yeah, he died in '93. So. Yeah, it was Joaquin. But then Mark Wahlberg was like, you know, and, and you know what? I, I bust on Mark Wahlberg for saying what he said and everything, but. <laughs> You know, it's in our society and shit, and that's part of the part of the 
uh, actual storyline of this movie is, you know, just how society perceives, uh, you know, homosexuality, uh, especially between two men, especially uh, at, you know mid-century or a little after. Right, and so you know, I, I, I kind of it kind of put me off because I don't like I, I, I mean, I can't say I don't like Mark Wahlberg. I don't know him, but I mean, he just has this this uh, this air attitude that I just kind of. Like macho uh, obviousness and just you know that asshole you know tough guy thing, um, but you know he said he when he read the script the, the basically the homosexual parts or the gay parts the, the actual like kissing and when they're they're making love or having sex or whatever that it just, it creeped him out yeah. and it, the way he said it. Uh, at first was it really sounded like he was just you know c- kind of being and then the hypocrisy of said the coming out later and saying well his priest told him not to do it but then he made basketball diaries where he was a drug addict who robbed people uh he made uh you know boogie nights where he was a porn star and everything so you know it was kind of a douchey thing and i think he realizes that now he kind of got it back now whether he whether he changed his tune because of kind of the backlash he got is one thing or another, you know, who knows. But um, so anyway, they, it, I guess it got put off, and then they ended up getting Heath Ledger and Jake Gyllenhaal. Now, I will say this, too. Uh, you know, I applaud these two guys for, you know, taking on this role. I mean, this was took a lot of balls yeah. to, to make this movie because um, this is, you know – I think perspectives and the way people feel and how they view things are, are definitely changing and they're changing fast. Uh, this was 2005 and I think this movie in some ways probably even helped, uh, people, you know, kind of open their eyes a little bit. It's like when I saw, um, longtime companion on PBS, I saw it when I was in college, my sister and I watched it and, uh, you know, my perspective of that was, I mean, I was never around any any gay people that I knew of. I mean, yeah. I knew I was because I, like I said, I mean, I, I, a guy that I played football with in the high school later came out and he's, you know, been in a relationship with the same guy for like 25 years and they lived together and everything. And he, and he was a nice guy then. He's a nice guy now. And I'm like, well, I guess I did know people, you know. Um, but watching that movie and watching this movie, it, it kind of – Open your eyes that it's just you know not uh, just all you know all you think about is the mechanics of it and you know from a from a man pers- a guy perspective of a heterosexual guy you know you're like oh you know I don't uh, you know God that's just I couldn't do that or whatever but then when you watch like I said Longtime Companion or this movie or whatever and you see the emotional side of it yeah. And you see that it's not just – it would be like um, when, we, when, when we were young and immature and stupid and you would make comments like, you know, like fucking, you know, I don't know how two fucking guys could do that and everything. That would be like if someone just looked at uh, a fucking porn of a guy and a girl doing their porn sex where it's just, you know, fucking and, and it's just all the mechanics and all that of, of just two people, phys- the physical part of it. But what makes it much more than that, whether it's heterosexual or homosexual or bisexual or whatever, is you know the the it's not just that it's that's just the you know 
that's like riding a bike. That's just the the going through the motions. But the mm-hmm. part of it that means something that's that's important and that that actually um, is to me like a, you know the 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 artistic part of it or not the artistic part, but the 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 thing that draws you in to this story is and it builds. Because at first, just like any other relationship, you mean yeah. you know, you, say, you meet a girl somewhere or something like that. That passion takes you over, and it, and yeah, you you are just kind of going through the motions and stuff. But then when it develops in the friendship and the love and the caring and the the emotions and everything, yeah, and the, um, and the, the struggle that they that yeah. they go through. I mean, it, it takes its time, and I think. I don't know if Ang Lee took on this project or maybe he was approached about it, but it's a, he was a good choice because of yeah. the way his filmmaking style, you know, it takes its time to get to know the characters and it doesn't, it, when you hear about it, uh, when, you know, before seeing it, Oh, it's the gay cowboy movie, but right. it, it's not, it doesn't take their homosexuality. It doesn't present it in any kind of exploitative way. It, right. it is, it's not saying, Hey, here's some cowboys. Oh, and guess what? They're gay. It's like yeah. it's here's two guys, and uh, this is, is just how it is. Um, well, you know, I think too, um, the way it was written and the way it's presented, the characters are. It's, I mean, I, I hate to keep going back to Heath Ledger, but I, I think that his character is has so much depth. Yeah, because he is in some ways a. Uh, a macho man's man kind of a guy because he's a cowboy. He's a roughneck, uh, you know, uh, tough as nails kind of a guy that goes to a bar and drinks beer and and uh, you know he's he's Super, not, he's solitary. He's quiet. He's to yes, himself. He, he does have that. And he does what? I mean, he's from a lot smaller town than you know. And, you have Jake Gyllenhaal's character who grew up in giant Texas. I don't remember what town he said he was from, but he's probably from somewhere a lot bigger. And then with you, us, the rules probably Austin, Texas. Austin, Texas, daddy. And he, uh, but you know, you have Heath Ledger's character. Um, what was his character's name? Even Jesus Christ, uh, Enos or Ennis? Oh, no, Enos, Ennis, yeah, yeah, Ennis, Ennis. Ennis Del Mar. And um, you know, he's from this very tiny town in the middle of nowhere in Wyoming. And he's scared of how he feels, and that's 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 what I like about you know he. To me, he's he's. It's just not even just about um, his emotions as far as Jack goes. He is. Um, I think they touched on this because they talked about his dad, and uh, you know um, how he was sort of how he was raised and everything, but he's he's. Um, very like you said, seclude or he—he's the kind of guy that um, is almost afraid of change because there are several times where okay, he he works, uh, you know, this either cattle or sheep or whatever, mm-hmm. and you know when he's young and it's just kind of a job that he's just scraping by. You know, living paycheck to paycheck, he goes and and uh, and does this uh, these roundups and, and tending these herds and stuff like that. And they don't make a lot of money, but it's just like the old dying old west thing, cowboy way. And Michelle Williams, who plays his his uh, girlfriend at first, and then later on his um, his you know they get married, Alma. Um, she even 
tells him, she says, you know, well, let's they, – they live out in this solitary little farm that they're renting, and out in the middle of nowhere, she doesn't have any friends. She's never around anybody. She just has the kids and stuff there, and she's like, well, why don't we move closer to town or move into town where we can do this and do that? And then later on, she says, you know, there's a – there's a, uh, I heard there was a job, some job openings at the electric plant. Why don't you apply? And he just like, well, you know, uh, I got to go down there and work on this and that. And he just totally doesn't want to do any of that stuff. Yeah. He he has his. It's 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 almost like he's. Um, I don't want to say a broken person, but he is definitely. Well, shit, uh, he gets that way. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I mean, but it's just like he just kind of. Uh, you know, it's like the song "Living Inside Your Living Inside Myself," but and and uh, I think that like uh, the girls see that as you know he's the strong, silent type, and I think that um, Gyllenhaal, in a way, sees him sort of the same way, strong, silent type. But they, but he sees the the vulnerability in him too. Yeah. And one of the most powerful scenes in the movie because you have so many times where you can tell that he's really conflicted. Uh, but the one time they they have a flashback, yeah, uh, and he finally it, he it shows him when he actually you know lets his emotions show and he starts crying and and uh, and that was really I mean that was so powerful. But now um, when it starts out, you know that they the. the they don't even know each other. They just show up at uh, Randy Quaid's place, and I guess at a certain time of year, that there's a season. It almost right. like runs in seasons, and they show up and and uh, they're they're looking for work, and uh, you know they they um, they I didn't get understand job. exactly what. I mean, I know what they did, but I didn't know exactly. I didn't understand exactly why why Randy Quaid needed his sheep moved from this ranch up to a mountain for a summer and then back down again. I didn't. <laughs> Um, I don't know if it was like a grazing thing. Yeah. Like he, would, but he didn't. He 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 didn't. They weren't supposed to be up there though, because he said you have to avoid the. Well, it was. It's it. There was like a. There was like a. Uh, a. It was public land. Oh. Uh, uh, like the like a national forest or something like that. But what it was was he? They were the sheep guys. Uh, and it wasn't just him because there was this these uh. I don't know if they were—they're not Brazilian, but there were some other guys up there. Yeah, they, I forgot what they said, Colombian or something like that. Yeah, um, but what it is is they're allowed to use that land to let their sheep go up there and graze and stuff to to eat the grass and everything. But it, they have to have minimal uh, uh, effect uh, as far as humans go on mm-hmm, the land. Mm-hmm. So when they were in a certain part, they could have a tent and they could have a fire and everything. But when down where the actual sheep were, they weren't allowed to leave any sign whatsoever that they had been there. They couldn't build a fire. They, if they had a tent up, well, they weren't even supposed to be down there, because uh, uh, he told them uh, that you know actually they were they were supposed to go and tend the sheep, and then you know they went back to their tent. And he would tell him, he said, now, I lost so many sheep, blah, 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 blah. So I want one of you to stay in the tent down by the fire with the food and everything. And the other one, you go up there and stay all night. Yeah, with the sheep. But you can't build a fire. You can't have anything. So they're up there fucking, it starts snowing and shit. And uh, (laughs) That was pretty funny when he wakes up and it was goddamn like two feet of snow. He's like, what the fuck? And, and, uh, (laughs) and, you know, 
it was August. <laughs> it was fucking August. The, it it really shows a different culture. Yeah. Uh, because I mean, these guys that live out there like that. My cousin uh, uh, was from Pittsburgh, and my uncle was a truck driver, and they ended up moving to Wyoming, and they said it's like a totally different culture out there. You know, you see these cowboys walking around with cowboy hats, and 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 that's one good thing when they said that they they shot it up in uh, Alberta. Is I heard you know with uh, so many of the wrestlers that wrestled up in Stu Hart's territory in Calgary, and and all around the Alberta and the and the the prairies and stuff up there, they said you know it's like 1950s up there, and it is. It's you know they have the biggest rodeo in the world up there, and hmm. uh, uh, the Calgary Stampede and everything. And it's really you know there's a lot of the that that kind of culture up there. Um, now Randy Quaid. Um, <laughs> He is a jerk. <laughs> yes, he <laughs> is. To start with, even before anything happened, he was an asshole. I thought, you know, and uh, there, there's when uh, Ennis and uh, Jack are up there. You know, they start out; they don't know each other, and like I said, Ennis is you know real quiet, and and uh, you see that kind of just. Uh, at first, they don't know each other that well, and they don't really talk. And Jack's more outgoing, and. Uh, and you know, trying to kind of you know bullshit and talk and everything, and and um, then because they're there so much that that they start opening up to each other a little bit. Uh oh, what? Maybe not enough. Need some spit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, now, um, you get that. <laughs> I think now there was some comment, and I wouldn't say I guess sort of controversy, because of course you know this being the quote I'm doing my quote fingers gay cowboy movie you know something's <laughs> going to happen, but um, there actually was some debate over you know it being the gay cowboy movie, but was it really the, these guys are really bisexual? Or are they, you know, okay. And then there was actually, the debate got to, got to the point where, okay, Jake Gyllenhaal was actually more, people would say he was more bisexual and that Ennis was probably a closeted gay guy. Yeah. And that's why he had so much turmoil with that. And, but, but it, to me, it's like, who gives a shit? Right, right. Yep. I mean, yeah, they like what they like, and, and or, yeah. you know, and it's just it's, it's it is how it is. And like I said, it doesn't the movie doesn't need to explore, you know, anything. It, it doesn't need to explore what how they became gay or any, you know, not that not that there's a reason for that. You know what I mean? But right, the, you know, it doesn't go into their past. Like, it doesn't give or it doesn't have to explain why or you know anything like that. All it is is. You know, this guy likes what he likes. This guy likes what he likes, and we just happen to. And that's to... what I was saying at the beginning when I said, you know, uh, uh, almost just if you if you take away labels, yeah, and you just look at this as as kind of a, a love story or or a uh, forbidden love story because I mean you have forbidden love stories like Romeo and Juliet, which we see in the fucking next movie where one guy's from the other side of the tracks and that you know or Pretty in Pink, the chicks yeah, from yeah. the other side of the tracks, the guys, and they they want to be together, but they there's forces that are playing against them. So I mean, you really you have a simple basic 
love story, but it, it is very complex when you do throw in those, you know, social, you know, mores and values and everything like that. But um, I actually also had a different perspective, which is the Dr. Zom bitter ass old man <laughs> perspective. And I had the same perspective, and my mom did too, with Bridges of Madison County, where everybody was like, oh my God, because like Oprah was like, Bridges of Madison County was her favorite book, and all this and that. It was just such a great love story. And with this one, you know, it's such a, it's, it's a, you know, an act, you know, a, a very good, nice love story, or, you know, some people might say a great love story, you know, but a, a forbidden love and everything. Mm-hmm. But when you, I can also look at it from this perspective, and like I said, my mom said the same thing about British as Madison County. Um, it's from a different point of view. Um, these two guys are pr- kind of shitheads. Well, they're yeah, they're cheating on their wives. They're cheating, uh, and, and and but you know. When you start, when you do start getting older, and you have certain experiences, and you see other ex- people going through these things, um, I guess I hate to say it's a more mature perspective or a more—I uh, don't know how to put it—but this shit happens. It's, it takes a while to, you know, realize that you know relationships are rarely black and white. And you know, it's funny. I had a very similar feeling about this when I saw it initially as with bridges of Madison County, because when I, you know, seven years ago I was just a different person. And as I'm watching this, I'm like, man, these motherfuckers are, you know, and he's got cute old Anne Hathaway. He's got cute Michelle Williams and these assholes are just going to cheat. Why don't they just fucking stay away from their, you know, stay away from these girls. And and this time when I watch it, you know, you get around that and you're like, well, but you know, it, the it's thing the time. is, they kind of had to do it. And it's not being cynical. Yeah. Uh, I hope it's not being cynical because I, I don't think that someone should cheat on someone if they, but it's so easy to say if you want to. If if you want to be with this person, then just tell the other person, okay, you know, I'm I'm breaking up. Yeah. You know, I don't want to be with you. Blah, blah, blah. But it rarely works out that way. Uh, and plus, this situation was compounded by the fact, and this is where, if you know, when you were saying originally that this would just be a generic story if they weren't gay. Yes and no, because this, the 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 turmoil in this almost hinges on that fact. And this would would not even be a story essentially if they weren't. And especially if it was not set at the time that it was where, you know, back in the fifties and sixties in particular, where men that were gay had to almost hide. They could, you know, unless you were living in New York city or when you, when you, uh, we look at it from our liberal commie pinko perspective, uh-huh. which which it is true that I think things are become people are becoming more tolerant. But also, you also have to look under the perspective, not just of the time, but of where they live. Yeah. Because when you look at Matthew Shepard and the things you know where the, these guys, he wasn't bothering anybody, and these right, guys right, found right. out he was gay, took him out in the middle of nowhere, tied him to a fence, and he Damn. you know fucking died. Um, it also depends on where you live. Uh, yeah. that, you know, oh, yeah. people, uh, <laughs> I hate to say it. <laughs> I don't know. I, Cause I'm sure there's good people, you know, out in the Midwest that, that are, you know, like that too. It's just like anywhere else. It's like here, you know, like I said, when I told people I was watching this, the different 
um, emotions and the different, you know. And I think a lot of people will, you know, blow it off or like would start laughing and giggling and shit like that, uh, almost sort of maybe as a defense mechanism. Yeah, you know, like they're uncomfortable with it. They, it's it's the fear of the unknown or whatever. Um, but getting back to the movie, um, Michelle Williams is. And I think that's one thing that kind of gave me that perspective of, you know, of uh, Ennis and how he was uh, because he was almost leading this dual life or this this uh, other life. Right. And here she is, this cute little just nice, uh, just heart of gold girl that would have probably stayed with him forever and, you know, having his kids and all this. And, and the thing is, too, he's kind of an uneducated, um, like, you know, he knows he's doing this shit with Jack. They're sneaking away. They're going away and having their, their affair pretty much. I mean, it's just what it is. Like I said, if it was another movie with a man and a woman, they're sneaking away and having an affair while yeah. Susie Homemaker's at home with the kids and everything. But he comes back and he's like, he, you know, and, and with guys, okay, eh. I don't know if I would say this is the bisexual question because, uh, you know, especially young guys, when you're young and you have testosterone flowing through your fucking body, I think it's easier for a gay guy to have sex with a woman because, I mean, when the blood is up, I mean, you know, you could close <laughs> your eyes and think of fucking Rock Hudson and be screwing your wife. Or whatever. But, um, you know, the, like he he wants to screw uh, Alma, and she what she say something about like not being on the pill or something like that. And they already had two kids, and and she was like basically telling him that she didn't want to have another baby. And he gets like kind of offended, like you don't want to have any more of my kids. And she goes, "Well, yeah, if you can take care of them, I will." Because and that really cut him to the core because Oof. his macho manhood is, you know, I'm the man of the family. And he was, you know, he needed. I hate to give Ennis, you know, fucking advice, but uh, <laughs> you got a wife, you got kids, and everything, and it might be time to put the fucking cowboy thing away and go get a fucking try and better yourself and get a better job and all yeah. this and that. Um, but also, when she did that, we have to keep in perspective. And this was really cut you to the core, cut me to the core, um, because it depends on the how, what kind of person a person is. But when after their first uh, their first you know, when, when Ennis and Jack first had their affair, the first time they were up on Brokeback Mountain. Well, then the next time they got together, Jack comes. I think was that the f- next time. It but anyway, the, the summer after Jack goes back to Brokeback, and that's when Randy Quaid was like, "Yeah, uh, I don't want your kind of here anymore." Right. Like he knows he never he never comes out and says, "I don't want a gay man working for me." You know that's he's why he's saying it. I don't know that Jack ever realized it because I don't know that Jack ever realized that he that Randy Quaid's character had even seen them. Right, but you know he had gone up there and seen them that previous summer, and he's like, "No, there's no work for you." Yeah, and I don't know that Jack Avery right even before, understood. Right before he he said that, "I ain't got no work for you," but right before Jack walked out of the uh, trailer, Randy Quaid said something to him, and it was it was uh, like your I uh, 
I don't want your kind or something around here. Yeah. And Jack kind of stopped, and he, I think he knew then. Okay. That Randy Quaid knew because I mean it's like okay you're kind okay I'm a white cowboy okay what's that mean but 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 my what I was gonna say was um, um when Jack actually came to Ennis's house and Ennis is sitting there like fucking sitting by the window just <laughs> he was up, nervous like, as hell <laughs> just like oh my god you know he's he's coming he's coming he's coming and you know it's like when you're trying not to be obvious or trying right. you know and she could she's like what the fuck's going on but she saw them oh, so yeah. there was no no after that there you know as soon as they get there they he he grabs uh jake gyllenhaal pulls him off to the side beside the house and starts kissing him really passionately and she sees it, and that just broke my heart, yeah. because I was just like, you know, and and because she was the kind of um, quiet, you know, little kind of mousy, I guess, you know, I, yeah, I guess yeah. what I want to say, kind of a person, she doesn't say anything, For and years. I mean, <laughs> if it, yeah. But but then eventually, as she, like when we were just saying about how you get older, your perspectives change. She as she gets older and she kind of starts getting tired of his shit and everything, and she starts getting stronger as a person because she's you know he's off running around and she's having to take care of these kids and do. I mean, he would just be like, she'd be at work and he'd come and bring the kids and just drop them off and be like, hey, are you gonna take kids here? I gotta go fucking up on the work back and go up here and do this and that and everything. It's like Jesus Christ, motherfucker, you know. Um, so it was kind of, in some ways, just like in life, when, when something like that happens and the other person goes off with somebody else or whatever, uh, and you look back on it, you're like, okay, it's, you're better off because it wasn't meant to be. And, you know, do you want to hang on to this or whatever? But for her, can you imagine how confusing and how fucked up, you know, because she, like I said, it wasn't like she suspected. She saw these two guys kissing like that. And so she knew. Now, Ledger didn't know that she saw. No, he didn't. And so all. he's like, well, we're going to go up there and me and Josh going to go fishing. And, and, blah, blah, blah. and, um, but then you have with the Gyllenhaal character was more he's just like kind of like a happy go lucky guy, and he's also, um, like I said, he's more outgoing yeah. and he's more his his uh, personality is more that he's willing to. He's the one that has, that says over the years several times. It seemed like every time they would, pro- every time they probably went out there to go on their fishing trip, um, I guarantee you, Jack, at least at one time before they would leave, would say, "Why don't we just take off together? Why don't we? Why don't you move down to Texas with me? We'll get a place. Why don't I? Why don't we move here? Why don't we go here? Why don't we do this?" And he's like, well, "We can't do that, you know, because his thing was no one can ever know." Yeah. Um. I I want this. I love you, but everything you know. There's he had that perspective of his dad telling him that story, the story about uh, these guys finding out that this guy was gay and beating him to death and basically cutting his dick off and you know smashing drug him out there by his dick or something like that. And he says like you know what was it line? He said, "Daddy made sure we done seen it." Yeah, and he said he he goes. and who knows? He might have actually even done it. 
So his dad might have actually killed the guy or been part of it. But he was, and and like I said, that's just the way Ennis was about everything. Um, If he could have those fishing trips every four months or six months or whatever, then he, you know, he could deal with that because he was okay with being isolated and, you know, nothing changing. And that was such a huge change that he was he couldn't do it. Whereas Jack was ready and willing and able, he would be the guy that would be like, "Hey, you know, let's go and we'll, you know, be Move together. up to my dad's ranch and take over and you know yeah. fix it up." Now, and- do you think his dad? His dad? Okay, well, I don't want to get down to like the 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 all the way to the end, but just while we have this, I have this in my but, head. But I, I think they knew. Up? They both knew. And his dad was definitely not okay with it. And sure. mom, mom seemed to know. And it was like, he's my son. And it's right. going to, you know. And she, she was a lot more understanding. Now, one part that I liked <laughs> was okay, first of all, I liked Anne Hathaway's tits. Oh my God. I was just getting ready to say, Anne Hathaway. I forgot how cute she was when this started. And I forgot that she shows her titties and they are nice. <laughs> and and um, I nope. also forgot that. We had they actually there was actual uh, um, I wouldn't say a sequel but a re uh, th- those two Jill and Hall and Anne Hathaway and love love and other drugs but man she's got nice boobs um, <laughs> and uh, uh, Michelle Williams showed her titties too yeah 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 uh, she's just a little cutie you know she's the girl yeah. that you want to def- you definitely would want to you know probably marry or whatever uh, and then go up on a Burke rack girlfriend and get in a tent. And- Face each other around and shit. Now Jake Gyllenhaal, he gets to show his ass. That fucker likes to show his ass. I think both of them showed some dick. There was a there was a scene where they jump off of a cliff. Yeah, yeah. In the water, and you could see like in almost in almost maybe a silhouette or just kind of like off in the distance. And I and I wondered if I don't know why it made me think this. I was like, I wonder how many times they had to film that to get the shot right. Like, oh, sorry, that was too much dick in the shot. We got to do it again. Well, and, and then another thing when like um. And maybe this was because they were okay. Now, do you think? Okay, now I know I'm I'm a hundred percent that Jack had been with guys before. Yes. Okay, that's I, I don't think that was ever any question because he would just see guys in bars. He he was like he was cruising. Yeah. You know, and in, in the cowboy bar. Well, he even is, he even went down to Mexico and like right. like banged a male hooker down there. But I mean, even before he met Ennis, I think that Jack was, you know, he had done that before. He was, he was already more established in his gayness because I mean, you get the you get the idea initially that he already is because he's ch- he's like shaving in the mirror and he's watching right. he's watching Ennis like. But you do know. you think Ennis had done anything? I got the impression I don't remember the exact line, but I got the impression that Ennis was a virgin completely. Because he said something like, I ain't never done nothing before, or something like that. And I was right, like, whoa. Right, I think, yeah. Because I think just the way that – what I was going to say was, you know, um, when you would see uh, – my uncomfortableness with the, their love scenes <laughs> was not because it was two guys. It was the way that they did it. I mean, it was just like everything was – it was almost like they were f- angry fight or something. <laughs> and I you think, know, it was really rough and really, you know, I well, mean. And I think that was more on Ennis's side. I think he was, 
you know it was almost like he's fighting himself or yeah. he was he was kind of like fighting Jack and then kind of fighting himself and then just they just kind of went for it yeah and but there's a, there's a sadness that, in it almost every time because of how desperate he seems right and but I almost thought you know it's almost like that's how th- when you said I wonder how many times they had to shoot the scene where they <laughs> jumped off the cliff I it, I was thinking about you know the first time that these two actors have to to shoot this scene where they're kissing each other and you know I'm taking for granted that Jill and Hall and and uh uh Heath Ledger were not gay or had never but I mean it's not even that I mean it's just I don't know, but it was just—it was almost like a, almost like a combat, you know, yeah. more than lovemaking, you know. Um, and it even and, does get to that at points, you know, when. Yeah, and and, and but I think that too is um, there. How they were, how like, especially like with Ennis, how he was brought up, he's conflicted, and and he's uh, he would get so pissed off. It's like a guy that would get, you know, his girlfriend breaks up with him or she does something and he goes out to a bar and gets in a fight. Well, I mean, that's what Ennis does, uh, but it's over, well, probably over his wife too because she was pulling the strings. Yeah. But, um, you know, it just, it's, um, I don't know, it's just an interesting uh, study of these of this these two guys because it's not like they're, they're, um, I don't want this to sound crass or whatever, but it's not like it's um, you know guys that live in New York or guys that live in San Francisco or wherever. Uh, it's these guys that are brought up in this really uber macho culture, mm-hmm. and also a, a, a culture that even if there's homophobia where we live now, which there certainly is. Where they live, that's amped up even ten times more. And that, and even where I live, you know, the redneck culture. Being open at that point meant you could be killed. And like I said, now, now when this first started, when it ends, uh, they're like in their th- late thirties. Yeah. When this first started, what year was it? Because like it was sixty-three when it started, yeah. and they mentioned at the end that it's been almost twenty years. So I assume late seventies at some point is when the story that we leave the story. But I wonder. I, I just thought of something. Why aren't those two fuckers in Vietnam? <laughs> <laughs> uh, one of them said, um, "It was." Let's see. Jack was. Beca- he said something about he didn't go to the army because he, of his legs because of the rodeo. Like he had injured himself or something. Yeah, they, yeah. He mentions that. And I don't remember if Ennis ever says. And he might have just been so far in the middle of nowhere that, you know, that nobody even paid any yeah. attention. But um, um, the one thing that – or another part of the movie that I, I liked was the relationship between uh, Anne Hathaway's dad oh my and God. Jack. I love – And I'll tell you what. When he fucking went off, <laughs> I, I just did a fist fucking bump, or, you know, pump in the yes. air. Yes. Now you sit down before I knock your ignorant ass into next week. <laughs> that was great. Because when he threw this like, – when she first had the baby – and he was standing in the doorway of the hospital room, and the dad goes, oh, rodeo can go. This talking about getting something out of the car, and he goes, rodeo can go get it. Ugh. And just flung his keys right at Dick Gyllenhaal's face. He's a and I was like, Jesus Christ, motherfucker. Now, the, the only thing I guess I could – I wish that they were able to make Gyllenhaal look a little older. Yeah. he He's such a baby face. Now, Ledger, it's funny. I was saying he was only 24, but goddamn, he looks like he's 50. When it's right. done, but 
you know, Gyllenhaal, it, it was hard to hide his youngness. Yeah, they threw a mustache on him. And yeah, that they gave him a mustache like and some gray hair on his like temples, but, you know. Well, and, it's, and, and one thing I thought, you know, which showed a lot about how Ennis was, is that his attire from 1963... <laughs> it never, to, it never changes. Almost, <laughs> almost hardly does not change at all. The tan and, jacket and the faded yeah. jeans. And then uh, you throw in... Now, and... He... And both of them... It might even have the same hat, because I think his hat is the same one he wears the whole movie. It just keeps getting, like, saggier and saggier yeah. as it goes on. But both of them throughout the movie um, still, not just with their wives, are having sexual relationships with other women. Because Ennis does with the with the uh, yeah the waitress and I, and, I, and again what I was saying I don't think it it was necessarily because they wanted to have sex with women it's because they felt like they needed to still fit in in this culture they needed to look know. I don't know I don't know I I, I think that that's that's a, a, almost like kind of like a gray area because I. You know, it's like if you can't be with the one you love, love the one you're with. And and um, I think they played that song in Prometheus. That was a very good movie. It was so awesome. It was. It would have been. You know, I it would have been better without the plot holes and the bad acting and, and the, the gay sex. Um, are we talking about Prometheus or Brokeback Mountain? Yes. No. Anyway, um, I like the movie. I, um, you know, top ten. Of anything, I I don't know. I I think the more I watch it, uh, the more I appreciate the acting and the the uh, the actual making of the movie and the you know the cinematography and and the direction and everything. Um, it's a fucking interesting movie. It's a thought provoking fucking movie. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if I would put it in my because t- it's hard to say that anyway. It's like when when they were just saying on Gentleman's Guide, you know, uh, your your top actor from eighty two to now, and then your top actor of all time. Like Sammy said, it's hard to pick. Uh, I could give you a list of my top ten for uh, you know from what ninety or two thousand five on. Yeah. And I don't, I don't know if this one would come. To, I just, I'm just saying, I don't think this one would jump right into my brain. Uh, it's, it's. I think that might be because it, it's not, it's not stand out in the way most movies would be. It's a pretty low key, understated movie. Yeah, it is. And, it, but, and, 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 I, and I'm thankful for that. Yeah, yeah. It, it needs to. Be, it, I mean, I don't say it was needs to be, but it, you know. Um, well, it does. I mean, if fucking Gyllenhaal is coming out like "Hello," you know, <laughs> "Hello," let's get the tent. I don't want no more beans. <laughs> you know, and that's the you know. Um, but um, it, it's the, heartbreaking, the and scene, it's, it's as I was watching the movie because we had several people. You know, we bust each other's balls and joke around. Yeah, yeah. You know, with our macho bullshit uh, about you know some some people saying you know that they they cried during this movie or they got teary eyed and everything. <clears throat> the first time I watched it, I didn't. I, I, I my heart went out to Michelle Williams when she saw them kissing and 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 she just went and sat down at the kitchen table and they came in and they're just like, oh, you know, we're getting ready to leave and everything. And she's just sitting there, you know. And I just felt so bad for her, but also, I think, the, like I said, the part 
that really stuck it for me. Uh, and I almost, it was weird because I was watching it this time. And here is Jack and Ennis go up to Brooklyn to Brokeback Mountain and, and it just becomes like a thing uh, where they go every so often and when it gets they only go like every four to six months and then you know how life gets in the way and something yeah. happens you can't go so that means they're not going to see each other for a year uh, and so it just crushes them um, more so Jack I mean you know Ennis is like well you know and do you think that Ennis kind of started getting to where he I wouldn't say was not I mean, like Jack was wanting to be with him all the time, wanting them to go away together, have their own place so they could be together all the time. Yeah. And I think that Ennis's solitary attitude, whether he was with a man or, or a woman, was at first seems like strong, silent type. Uh, he's got something, he's got a good heart, he's got more inside of him and everything. But I also think that no matter who he was with, whether it was a guy or a woman, whether it was Alma or whether it was Jack, uh, or the waitress girl, it's going to push him away. Because he's okay with being by himself. He doesn't, if, like I said, if when, when he and Jack were supposed to get together after four months, mm-hmm. and he goes and tells Jack, he says, I can't, I can't make it this time. I got to go work. And see, or the next time, I can't because I've got the kids. And I, th- I, you know, I, for me, what I was thinking when I was saying before, my my opinion of it is that he was living a lie and felt like he had to, and that's why he was pushing away. You know, there's a there's a, a time when he says, "It's because of you that I'm like this. I'm nothing. I'm nowhere," and he just is like, you know, every, you know, when I'm when he's with Jack, he's happy, but. He's scared, and he just wants. He's just like I'd rather be miserable and by myself than, you know, maybe that's, that's dead a, or that's you know, a character, you know, which oh. is uh, it was really awesome. It was, it was a great performance. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, um, that's well, not all I have on it. Yeah, I don't have much to add. I was going to say that the it's because of you, Jack, that I'm like this. I'm nothing. I'm nowhere. Fucking that that gets the tears in the eyes. The flashback scene Oof. toward the end. Just that, that was because throughout the whole part, uh, you you'd never you did with the one exception of when, and this was when, when I think this was after the first time they were together, and they they came back and stopped at Rain Quaid's place, got paid or whatever, and when they went their separate ways, Ledger went off into this alleyway, but I think that was more like uh, he was just confused and almost angry and yeah. sad and angry and everything mad at himself uh, for feeling the way he did and everything but when they showed the part where they were older and <laughs> that's what got me because Jill and Hall had the mustache and I'm sitting there <laughs> watching it and the next thing you know Jill and Hall doesn't have the mustache and I said wait a minute did they just fuck up because he had a mustache a second ago <laughs> and then I realized it was a flashback but that flashback was the part where um Ledger or Ennis, um, where he showed, I mean, he let himself go yeah. and he, he actually, he didn't hold back. He, he let it all hang, let it all out. And I mean, that was just crush. I mean, not crushing, but it was touching, you know, yeah. and that like, that's that part right there where, uh, when you hear, when you see that and how it, it stirs up the emotions in you, because I mean, everybody, whether you're gay, bisexual, uh, straight or whatever, 
has had those moments. Yeah. And that just shows you it, it, it trans that, that emotion, that love transcends your sexuality or anything <laughs> like that. That's just that's just two people that have developed something and that are actually in love there, there's another <laughs> there's another <laughs> there's another line that uh that Ennis says um that ties back to the whole you know n- wanting desperately to not be gay i guess when he says if you can't fix it jack you got to stand it basically this is when he started pushing jack away yeah. and jack's like i don't understand why can't we just you know just move off somewhere and blah 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 and he's like you know if you can't fix it you got to stand it and woof, that's another, and yeah. I don't know. It's, it's a, it's, I think as I get older, I'm going to appreciate this even more. You know, it's, it, it's, it, it's, 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 <laughs> 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 let's just get into our ratings before I cry. <laughs> um, let me see. And you're going to think I'm, I'm really gay when I talk about how much I like the next movie. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh. I, this one's a hard one to rate. Um, like I said, I, 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 there's not really anything wrong with it. Like when I asked you that one time, you know, you said, well, I rated it this. I said, well, what's wrong with it? I can't yeah. point out things that are wrong with it, but it's just not um, – like I said, I'm not a big fan of love stories to start with. I mean, I mm-hmm. I, I watch uh, you know a lot of them and they touch me and if they're good and you know and if it's a good movie, it's a good movie. Um, but like I said, when I think you know of my favorite movies of a certain of that time or whatever, I've seen this one twice. I don't know if I would put it up there, but I would say. Um, I want uh, 8.5 8.5 um I give it a 9.25 um the only thing I mean gayer than I am. <laughs> it's true I'm I'm 3 quarters gayer the <laughs> I guess I guess and I've and I've said this I think about uh, what was the one we did? The Wild Bunch, where I gave—I think I gave it a nine or nine point two five. Only, and this maybe have to has to do with revisiting it. This is a this is a long movie. I know it needs I, to be, but it's still. I when I watched this, I didn't watch it all the way through. I watched it over like you know a couple two two sittings or something. Yeah, it's, you know it's it's about two hours and twenty minutes. I don't want to say in any way that this should be shorter, but it's not going to be a movie that I'm going to be like, I feel like watching a movie. Let's put on Brokeback right. Mountain. And not, right. not even because it's heavy. I'm fine with heavy movies. Uh, two hours and 20 is going to be, you're going to revisit that a little less. And that, for me, that's just a, it's not a drawback. It's just not super upper echelon. And, yeah. But this is a fantastic movie, um, yeah. and, and I liked it a lot more this time than when the first time I saw it. And I had not seen it since it came out in the theater, so I'm glad I uh, revisited. I've owned it on DVD for years, and I've never watched it, so <laughs> I'm glad I finally did. Um, cool, nine point two five and eight point five. Uh, glad we're on agreement. Let's take a break <laughs> and come back and do a very, very similar movie. Actually, it was there were some more similar themes in this than I thought there would be. Yeah. Uh, 1983's Valley Girl. We'll be right back. Thank you. 
Did you know that Asian people prefer being called Orientals? Did you know that Ching Chong Ting Tong is a respectful salutation in all Asian cultures? Did you know that paper cuts can cause massive arterial sprays in Orientals? No? Well, then you should listen to Podcast Without Honor and Humanity, the internet's fourth best Asian film podcast. Every week, your host, Jake McLarty, will cover two Asian films that can range from the obscure to the notorious, from a sunny Chiba werewolf film to a splatter gore atrocity, from Category 3 to the Korean New Wave and beyond. Tune in at the website, podcastwithouthonorandhumanity.libsyn.com. Libsyn is spelled L-I-B-S-Y-N. Or you can just search Podcast Without Honor and Humanity in iTunes. So give Podcast Without Honor and Humanity a shot and get cultured. Flawless victory. Ugh. just posted on Facebook that Pootie Tang is on Netflix. You are welcome, world. What a tag. Okay, our next film, Valley Girl from 1983. Zon, would you like to talk about it a little bit here? Introduce it for us. Uh, Julie is a girl from the valley. She meets Randy, a punk from the city. They're from different worlds and find love. Somehow they need to stay together in spite of a trendy, sh- in spite of their trendy, shallow friends. Oh my god! Uh, <laughs> For sure. <laughs> so, um, being a lover of uh, '80s, in particular '80s high school romance films, I am very embarrassed to say that I had never seen Valley Girl. Are you fucking serious? Fucking serious. Jesus. Never had I seen this movie. And until if I had, watched it. I guarantee, until I had seen it last night and today, never seen this movie before. Holy shit. You were missed. You did not have a complete life. I, no, I did not. This is a movie I would have owned on VHS, just like I owned fucking Pretty in Pink and all those. I, I'm telling you, I've seen this movie probably a hundred times, and that's no exaggeration. God, I've missed Over out. The years. I fucking adore Elizabeth Daly. She is so hot. Deborah Foreman, not as hot, but still cute at times. I don't really like her. She's got a gummy smile. She's got a gummy smile. Kind of gets on my nerves. Nicolas Cage is very likable in the movie. He acts goofy a few times. Lee Purcell is oh my plays God, a mom, and she was hot. You get Richard Sanders, the, the nerdy dude from WKRP, which is funny. I was, it was funny yeah. seeing him because I was just talking to my brother this over Thanksgiving last week about WKRP and how they took all the music out when they, re, when they syndicated it. And they threw the turkeys out of the helicopter. And <laughs> yeah. He's like, I thought turkeys could fly. Um, so, yeah, and Michael Bowen, a... Uh, well, I, I want to ex- explain. I didn't want Jake the McLarge Huge to think that I was disrespecting his promo. Uh, Michael Bowen um, 
when I was listening to when you were playing the promo, I clicked on his IMDb and I thought, you know what? I know I've seen him a bunch of other shit before. And I, and the first thing that came up, it said, you know, like a picture from Kill Bill. And I was like, who the fuck is he playing Kill Bill? And then I remembered, and the first thing that popped <laughs> in my head is, I'm Buck and I'm here to fuck. <laughs> yep, that's him. He rapes a fucking uh, comatose uh, Beatrice kiddo. <laughs> uh, so this is directed by Martha. Coolidge. Um, real, now, she's apparently, according to IMDb, she's known for Real Genius, another one 80s movie that I'm sad to say I've never seen. Um, That's Matt Val. Yeah, skin- that was Skinny Val. Um, other than that, not sure that I'd recognize anything else that she did. Um, she's directed since the 70s, documentaries and such. and Lots of TV. Lots of TV. Don't know anything. Um, and there's some pretty horrific looking stuff later on. She's done some CSI issue episodes. Joy of Sex. That had Andrew Bass Clay, didn't it? Did it? I don't know. Joy of Sex? That seems a little... Ernie Hudson. Early 84? Seems too early for Andrew Dice Clay. Um, anyway, the uh, so Valley Girl, yeah, it's... Uh, Kind of a, yeah, you know, like I said, a Romeo and Juliet kind of story. Um, you got uh, Valley Girl Julie. Um, I've never been to Los Angeles. I don't know exactly the difference in Hollywood and the Valley, but according to this movie, the Valley is, you know, you get, you, everybody knows about the stereotypical Valley girls. Like, oh my God, Valley girls. <laughs> when they were, t- I haven't seen this in so long. But when they were fucking talking, I would just start laughing, listening to them, talk, and not in like rolling my eyes way. I just thought it sounded—it's just so funny. Oh, that's my first know? like eighteen notes about this movie are quotes from the girls, and then my first one is, <laughs> "Tommy could be such a dork. I mean, he's got the bod, but his brains are bad news." Well, <laughs> <laughs> uh, you could—I mean, you know, like a uh, uh, now did a woman write this? No, um, two guys, Wayne Crawford and Andrew Lane. I wonder, you know, they, maybe they wrote it, but I, I would say that, like, when they, uh, I don't know if they let them ad lib or if that Martha Coolidge is directing it, added some stuff of her own, because they seem to hit on pretty well, like, yeah. you know, how girls act. And I, I would find, you know, a movie that two guys wrote. I would think that would be like uh, Quentin Tarantino writing girls talking, and they sound all sound like Quentin Tarantino. Yeah, yeah. Hey, Mary, <laughs> Larry. <laughs> um, what was that? Is it, did you say Larry? Mary. Oh, she said, "Hey, dog, Larry. Larry. <laughs> hey, Larry." <laughs> Come over here and suck my dick while I'm doing my podcast, Larry. So what I liked about uh, Julie's, uh, Julie, I liked that her parents were a little different than the normal Valley type. They were like Loaf and Jane parents. <laughs> yeah. She had former hippie Freddy parents. She had, she had parents that had obviously gone, they had gone to Woodstock and done some protesting and stuff, but they had made it big at a health food restaurant, and that's why they now lived in the Valley. Um, so yeah, like I said, I don't know anything about the geography of Los Angeles, but I'm guessing the val- like Hollywood is probably, as you know, the Hollywood Hills, maybe up in the mountains and it's where all the city folk and all the punks and all the dirty people live. And then you got the Valley down below where all the rich people live or something. I don't know. But, um, Valley girls are apparently are very shallow. They like the bod and they don't really care as much about the brain. <laughs> um, they got the bods too. That, yes, they do. Fuck, oh my God, fucking daily. Um, 
so yeah. how tall she is. She looks like she's really short. She does look nice and short. Short like, and compact and tight. I like some I like some short ladies. Um the, it opens in the mall. Um, the only store I recognized was Chick-fil-A, which I was disappointed about. I love watching old malls. It obviously, it wasn't Sunday. <laughs> it wasn't Sunday. I wonder if they've always closed on Sunday. Is that they always, always have brown hair. It's funny. Right now, the mall I work at, they're in their 40th, 40? Yeah, 40th anniversary, and they have oh. pictures of the, the Chick-fil-A. It's still there. Pictures of Jesus eating their chicken McNuggets. Yeah, pictures. <laughs> yeah. But they, it's oh, funny. These see, are good. It's ho, funny ho, seeing ho. the fucking old. Wait a minute. Why is Jesus going ho, ho, ho? <laughs> it's that time of the year. Um, or that time of the month. The, it's the most uh, time of the year. The, uh, but it's funny seeing the old black and white photos of Chick-fil-A back in 72. Eh. But um, that, that was, I was disappointed to see that was the only store I recognized. Uh, I like old malls and in movies and seeing stores like, holy shit, that store is around then. Um, we're seeing the old like JC Penny logo and shit. Although these girls would never shop at JC Penny. We get a whole montage of them, uh, to awesome music. Now this fucking movie, this movie is right up my alley. Like, I love eighties movies and I love eighties music for the most part. The soundtrack to this is just, it just hits everywhere. It's awesome. Yep. Um, but it shows them on a little montage doing their, they're shopping and all the, the fucking old shuk, shuk credit card machines. And the yes, that credit card <laughs> machine. That's one thing I thought, God, look at that old piece of shit. Let me, let me tell you how annoying it is at the store when you Urban have to fucking paper. pull that thing out. <laughs> Co-chunk. Oh, terrible. But, uh, you know, then dropping like $90, $100 on pairs of jeans and shit. And, Jesus. Um, so, uh yeah, there's some. I, I noticed some gross, like Crystal Gale hair going up the fucking escalator on the other side when they right before Tommy's introduced. Fucking heard this woman walks by and her hair is down to her knees. It was really disgusting looking. How do you poop? I don't. You'd have to like put it, fucking wrap it around your neck or something. Like a scarf. <laughs> Either that or she. I bet. I wonder. Imagine that you like go into the bathroom sick with that long hair, yeah. like in the middle of the night. You have the flu or something. You you know she sits on on the fucking yeah. hair and gets it in the toilet. Well, it's like you know when you get a piece of toilet paper stuck in your asshole or something like that. <laughs> It'd be like her hair. <laughs> uh, the bottom of her hair she's in a public like. bathroom vomiting and her hair's just dragging in the fucking piss <sighs> but then again, a girl's bathroom probably doesn't have piss all over no i God. saw you know i saw i saw a show about this uh that women's restrooms or t- if public restrooms are typically more filthy than men's because women don't sit they 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 like hover over the toilet and they fucking do their spray piss That's like a, it's cat whiz, whiz uh, all over the place Watch Penn and Teller bullshit. Uh-huh. Um, if that toilet seat is dry, they even did studies where they had the fucking scientists go in and fucking try and there's no germs or anything on that fucking toilet seat. It's too cold and fucking and it's dry, cold and hard surface. Yeah, fucking yeah. people, women are ridiculous. Squat. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I fucking I'll sit but anywhere. No, as I've long been at the men's dry. rooms where you know the the whole toilet is full of diarrhea. <laughs> Up and t- up to the rim with toilet paper, diarrhea, toilet paper all over the floor, and piss up to your ankles on the floor. The so don't seat. tell me women's toilets are fucking dirty. Well, then the seat is still spotless. You got a fucking fucking Denty Moore beef stew in the in the bowl, and the, that seat is still po- is still is polished clean. <laughs> um, uh, Julie's got her friends, uh, br- 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 Lauren and a bunch of other people, Stacy and yeah, Lauren is Elizabeth Daly. Um, 
and they're all typical the valley girls um i you know hearing them talk is really it was really fucking funny now michael bowen anybody that knows what he looks like now at first you see him he's like god damn he looks like a baby but then you realize well one i looked it up he was 30 when he did this movie playing yeah. a high school student then you get a little closer look at some of the people especially the dudes with these hairy chests now how many hairy chested motherfuckers did you know in high school like you're still I kind have, of i have a picture when i was at myrtle beach and it was probably i don't know if i was like i would think maybe 17 or 18 and i didn't have a fucking hair on my chest <laughs> and now dudes. i look like george animal steel <laughs> these these motherfuckers in this movie every dude has a hairy chest it's the, like a the standout hairy chest. That like shit. Or something. <laughs> somebody's somebody's <laughs> job was to groom uh, Luke Cage, Nicholas Cage's. Cage. <laughs> someone's someone's job was to groom his chest hair because it was a fucking. It was almost a triangle, but it had a little taper at the top, so it was like a like a the point of an arrow. Pointing. I thought it was. I swear to God, for years and years and years, I thought it was. He had it cut in the shape of it, like an eagle. <laughs> he could have but been eagle know. chest hair. No. I don't know. Is that his natural chest hair? No, he's fucking hairier in hell. Oh, yeah. It's hairy was, all over. For whatever reason, they waxed it into a shape in this movie. I don't know why they just didn't get rid but of it completely. He, I think that was his, uh, I think he, that was his, uh, like, punk rock kind of a thing. Like, he was just doing something crazy. Because I think it was supposed <laughs> to be a, sh- 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 a shape of something. Now, if I have to complain about anything, the music they represent, they they give for the punk guys, the yeah. music they enjoy was a little, eh, it was a little. Generic. It wasn't like Black Flag. It was more like, like new new. It wasn't new even wave. new wave. I don't know what it was. It was just fucking generic, like uh, '80s rock. It wasn't very, you know, nothing compelling about that music. Um, it would have been better if they were going to see, um, what was the what was the one, Johnny? Are you queer? That's that band. Yeah. That's a real band. It was um, pro puh, puh, something puh. <laughs> Josie Josie Cotton. <laughs> now that would have been it. Would have been better if when they went to the club. I have it. I just pulled it up on YouTube. Here we go. <laughs> oi 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 oi! I would. It would have been more believable if they were listening to this at their club. I was anyway. thinking plimsolls, <laughs> but they were different. <laughs> This now, wasn't the greatest song in the world for me, by the way, when I was in school. <laughs> well, are you? Not lately. Um, let's see. Look at those pecs. I'd go for him in a minute. Uh, <laughs> I don't know why, of all the things, like, I'd say Cage's, his arms were a little more impressive than his pecs. He, does not have, he did not have the best chest in this, but, you know, the chicks seem to like his chest. How was he... Elizabeth Daly is four years older than me, and Cage. Eh. Let's see. So Daly would have been sixty-one. She would have been just in her twenties. Cage, nineteen sixty-four. He was not. He was nineteen. So he's, he was right yeah, around the right a age. Year, yeah, or a year. Well, shit, he had a grown man's hairy chest when he was nineteen. You're older than me. I could be Nicholas Cage. <laughs> the um, hey, how about this? Okay, now I don't know if you noticed this or not. Um, this was obviously before Nicolas Cage became really famous because he still had fucked up crooked teeth. Oh, he had a gap teeth. between his front teeth. And I didn't, they I didn't notice crooked. it at first. Yeah, he. I really noticed it in the. He went to go visit Julie right. at the restaurant. I'm totally skipping ahead, skipping all around this story. But because, well, because for I mean, it's not like he's like smiling and shit throughout the whole movie. So there's only certain times where you, you get know, a close up of his face in that restaurant. I was like, whoa, fucked up teeth. Yeah, he had yeah, a bad grill. Teeth. 
The um, this video is so stupid. <laughs> Are you queer? <laughs> the ner- the '80s nerd with the fucking sweater and thick glasses and the the. the oh my god! This fucking goddamn yuppie motherfuckers with their pink and fucking pastel shirts oh, with the collar flipped up. That was I wanted to and and my friend Jim used to wear those goddamn fucking um uh. When the yuppie thing was going on, the uh, fucking plaid shorts. <laughs> Let me tell you about that. There, okay, the now Brad's jacket. There's a character Brad that's briefly introduced. His fucking jacket looked like a circus tent. It was awful. It yeah. was like eight different pastel shades, like patched together, and yeah. he had his fucking pop collar. Everybody at this party. Pop it. This basically the story is uh, you got Cage and this guy that live in Hollywood. And his friend is kind of wanting to be adventurous, and he's like, "Hey, I've heard about this party, and you also hear Elizabeth Daly talking about the party, the the social event bikinis. of the season." Ugh. Oh my god! And um, again, Deborah Foreman, not so impressive in the bikini, but what can you? Oh, do? She doesn't look too bad. No, not at all. Her not at all. Red bikini. She's a, she's up she's up against little stack Daly though. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, but I mean, out of her like out of the four friends, Daly was one. Foreman was two, and then the other two. Wasn't fucking Daly's hair amazing in this movie? It was so big. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know whoever's. I don't know whose job you would envy envy more: Nicholas Cage's chest hair doer or Elizabeth Daly's hair doer? Because I would envy Michael <laughs> Bowen getting to suck Elizabeth Daly's. T- <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> Oh, we're jumping ahead. Go ahead. Yeah. Anyway, um, but yeah, the douchebag with the (laughs) with he was wearing deck shoes with no socks, and it pans up. It makes sure to show his entire outfit: deck shoes with no socks. We pan up a little bit. Plaid shorts. Pan up a little bit more. Light blue Oxford. Now, I see. You know what's bad? I can still see at least three assholes a day dressed like this. (laughs) There's a fucking There's a fucking Brooks Brothers store right across the way from the Apple Store, and their window displays look like this jerk most of the time. (laughs) 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 Fucking seersucker and bow tie assholes, you guys Uh, suck. Um, I liked Michael Bowen's line when he's trying to get in. Now, I was getting ready to say when he's trying to get in, in Daly's pants, but he's really trying to get in her entire orange jumpsuit, which was pretty funny. Yes, yes, <laughs> oh, my God. I would love to peel that Devo-looking jumpsuit right off of her. <laughs> but uh, it was funny. He's like, I've always thought about you. I thought about you all day. <laughs> yeah, all day. <laughs> so, anyway, the story. Uh, you know, he was a jerk. Oh, yeah. Uh, but I didn't, you know. Are, he, are we to assume, did he fuck her? No, they never did. He just got her tits out, and then. But see, I though I mean, not only was he a jerk, he was a fucking idiot. Well, she, because <laughs> if you're going to do that, you might as well get in there and. Well, she's she, like, she kind of put the brakes on. She's like, "Does this mean we're going together?" And he's like, "What?" Would have said yes, and I would have fucked the shit out of her. And then say, uh? <laughs> I just told her whatever she wanted to hear. That's oh wait, what, I was drunk. Christ, he was thirty years old. He knows how to play. <laughs> A fucking twelve-year-old failure. The jackets. Um, <laughs> Goddamn jackets! Oh no, God. Um, the uh, so yeah, Cage and his friend. His friend's a little more adventurous, and he's like, "Yeah, let's go down to the valley to this party." And he's like, "I don't want to go to the fucking valley." Um, and I love, I love that Cage is so like 
He's got such a dirty mouth in this, <laughs> this movie. He's always like, fuck this and fuck that. A great moment later in the movie when he starts yelling that, like, fuck you. Uh, uh, um, damn. Fist pump. That was really good. The uh, and you, That's something you don't tip. That was a, that was a standout for me. I didn't, you know, that's not typically an 80s thing. It's good when you do that, but you feel like shit afterwards because <laughs> yeah. of the circumstances. Yeah, yeah. So, um, you know, whatever. Now, the... Uh, <laughs> my note was now I will think about Daly's tits all day and I did I actually yep. had a tits. screenshot and I showed them to people at work today <laughs> so um, <clears throat> I thought it was weird that Cage was wearing an American flag pin on his vest like he's supposed to be a punk rocker and he's like got this pat- he's got this patriotic pin on his fucking lapel of his of his jean vest um, Every, not everybody's a communist like you it's true but yeah. you know Punks are anarchy, man. That's what it's about. They don't want to fucking wear the American flag. Come on. Uh, there was a, f- a funny line when he's hiding in the bathroom to try to meet Julie again. At the, so he goes to this party and he, it, I mean, it's like love at first sight. Now, know. I will say this. Okay, now just to throw in something, if uh, just a quick, if I were directing this, uh, when he was in there, he would have been, they would have just shown him in the shower sitting in there and you hear people coming in, uh, I would have at least had someone come in and just have him sitting in there and just hear, hear a <laughs> and him, like gagging. <laughs> they, missed, they missed the fat guy shitting or the drunk yes. dude shitting and exactly. they also missed a girl for whatever reason coming in and taking her tits out because that, well, you don't know, that happened. Somebody no, no, was, no, no, somebody was making out and her tits got out. Okay. The, uh, so they, they, she did get the tits. Yeah, it's a woman. You know, she's not going to put shit in there. They don't like poop. Um <laughs> No, that, but there was a funny line when these two girls came in, and one was, I guess, nervous about giving her boyfriend a hand job, <laughs> and the other was like, "It's like shaking friends with your best. It's like shaking hands with your best friend, only real fast." <laughs> <laughs> Apparently, Daly uh, or Lauren must have. Uh, she must have been kind of a hoe. Yeah, she kind of looked like it, but that's good because they were even her friends were like, "Do you think she does everything she says?" <laughs> she was awesome. Um, I would have been friends with her in high school in a heartbeat. The um, so there's love at first sight. Julie and was it Randy? Was that his name? Yeah, Randy. They you know lock eyes and it's kind of a it's it's, it's kind of awkward at first because it's like you know she's in her element and everybody's just staring down Randy and his friend uh, Fred. <laughs> Fred. Uh, Fred. Fred was pretty cool. Cameron Die. He was funny. Um. He. Uh, you know, it's his idea. You know, um, Randy didn't want to be there, but Fred is the—he's the—he's a little, still a little more of an outcast than Nicholas Cage. Nicholas Cage is more of like the attitude, and Fred's more of the just the weirdo. Didn't uh, we? Did we review about last night with uh, Rob Lowe and? No, Jim that's Blue the Blue one Sh- you sent me on DVD for Christmas. Last year. Okay, okay, <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, we never did review it. Okay. Uh, we'll have to do that one because I did. Like I was going to say there was something in there I was going to ask you, or if you know, but whatever. The um, so uh, Deborah has you know at this point decided to break up with Tommy Michael Bowen's character Tommy and uh, her and her friend Stacy leave with Randy and Fred just because you know got to have a wing girl or a wingman and they're driving. Uh, well, at first there's a uh, there's a scuffle. Tommy's like you know get this punk out of here and they get in a fight and whatever and. 
And that's when Nicolas Cage is like, fuck that, I'm going back. And he goes in, that's when he hides in the shower to see Julie again. <laughs> Which is cool because I liked that they didn't just go ahead for, I'm going to go back and kick this guy's ass. He goes yeah. in and he's like, I'm just going to avoid the trouble and go find Julie again because fuck that well, guy. And then when, you know, when the whole time he's in there, when, she, when he finally, he goes through a cycle of people that come in, he's like, <laughs> God damn it, you know. And then when she finally comes in, I was literally like, Oh, you know, because yeah. just the way Foreman reacts to him, you know, she kind of <laughs> has that like she's, I don't know, she's just, she's smiling because she's just so glad that it happened and he's so glad. It just took me back. <laughs> <laughs> that fucking weird face he made. I forgot what was going on, but that face he made where he was like doing the gun and he like went. Yeah. <laughs> and, and that's, I don't know, Nicholas, he's just really good in this. Like he doesn't, he's not really over the top yet. This, this has got to be one of his first roles. I mean, he was so young. They said it was the first one that he was billed as Nicolas Cage instead of Nicolas Coppola. Oh, okay. So, you know, that's oh, he was fun. in fa- He played somebody in Fast Times. This is his first, I guess, starring role. He was in a TV movie called Best of Times in 81. And then he played Brad's Bud in Fast Times at Ridgemont High in 82. Yeah, he was one of uh, fucking Judge Reinhold's okay. friends. And, but this is his first, first big movie. Brad's was, Bud. Uh, Brad's bud, um, but you know he's he's very likable and he's kind, he's real in it, you know, and the, you know the, a lot of the time in these '80s movies you see and and I, I and let me let me get that out there. I'm fine with this, but it's not this movie so much. But you see, they're almost like caricatures or stereotypes of certain people, and at times he's a little stereotyped punk guy, except he he has flaws, which is kind of cool too, because he's you know he's willing to be mushy. And yeah. willing to hang out with dad and meet dad and whatever. And I like that he slaps five with her. With his dad. That's pretty cool. <laughs> That's funny. You give him the three thing handshake and then give him five. That was kind of cool. So, yeah. So, you know, this is the big, the meat of the movie now. We, I like when uh, Frederick Forrest's sandal had a blowout. It's like, oh, the old <laughs> buffaloes. Eh, worm at Woodstock. Right? Now, where have I seen Frederick Forrest before? Because he oh, he's looked done a really bunch of shit. familiar. Just a um, t- ton of stuff. No, oh, Apocalypse Now and the conversation. Yeah, yeah he's a okay. uh, chef. <laughs> Shit. Um, now, the... <clears throat> the... Uh, oh, shaking hands with your best friend. Oh, Fred grabs a great line and says, Hi, I'm Fred. I like tacos and 71 Cabernet, and my favorite color is magenta. <laughs> God. That's the kind of guy he is. And he yeah, goes and chases douche. around Stacy. <laughs> yeah. Fucking hipster. He, he, he chases Stacy around the car while fucking Julie and, uh, and Danny or uh, Randy are just like sucking face inside. Yeah. The, um, how many times have you been in that situation where like either you are making out with a girl and your friends are there with like, there's a girl, the girl's friend and your friend and they're either not hitting it off or I've been in the same situation where my friend and the girl are making out, and, I, and she brings a friend, and I'm there, and the, and the girl's not feeling me, and he's like, "Well, this sucks. We're sitting here watching these two fucking suck face." The latter was always my not the, not the latter was always my situation. <laughs> Mine was never, "Hey, sorry, friend, I'm gonna make out a little while." It was too, yeah, it was the opposite. <laughs> the, uh, <laughs> uh, you get the obligatory driver's ed scene. Uh, which is always fun. I don't know. I never. I, they must have been a big school because we had one car, and you'd have like uh, maybe the driver's ed teacher and a couple other people in there. But we didn't have like a fleet of cars 
driving around the parking lot. Uh, our, um, our driver's ed. Uh, now I don't. I, I think our driver's ed might have been outsourced because these these they had a whole fleet in this fucking school, but they were in the valley, so they probably had a little extra money. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. the uh, again, they had less Nesman. The uh, <laughs> it did, and um, but our I had a, like an eighty one. My driver's ed car was an eighty one uh, Ford Escort, and we took driver's ed in the winter. And whenever we would, it was super fucking cold that winter. And whenever we would come to a stoplight, we had to put. It was automatic, but we had to put it in neutral and hit the gas because the motor would turn off. (laughs) (laughs) Nice. And our fucking uh, it was the one of the football coaches was our was our teacher, and he would drink. He would fucking just pound the coffee every morning, and instead of like going to certain places, we would always fucking like run errands for him. And like so, one morning we like went to his house, and he like got his lunch or something. (laughs) Um, So yeah, me and this guy Marshall, Marshall. Marshall was a he was a he was a Fred. Marshall wore a top hat in uh, in high school. <laughs> nice. So we had a driver's ed teacher that would uh, at one time his girlfriend dumped him. And you know, we're kids and you're not thinking about you always think of teachers as being adults. And he sat there one time and he just turned the radio on because you know mm-hmm. usually they would sit there and say, "Okay, now stay to the right. Okay, now go here, go there." He got in the car, he never said a word. He said, "Just drive." He turned the radio on and sat there with his head against the win- the side window, and he was singing, "Cause you left me <laughs> just when I needed you most," and I was like, "Holy and he shit!" Was crying. <laughs> Fuck my life. <sighs> He's just like tripendicular. That was out of the driver's ed scene. I don't know what that word means, but maybe she was describing the geometric shape of his chest. <laughs> 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 um oh that's the yeah when he when he tell so but at this point the movie gets a little i don't know it's just there's nothing outstanding about the story or the structure of it it gets kind of and it, 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 you know i could say this it gets kind of stereotypical but it's early enough to where it might have been like a the one of the pioneers where the other ones yeah. got you know just played off this but you know it's you know it's and juliet it is, and it's like you know the punk guy, the bad boy, and all of her friends are like, "Oh, he's such a loser. What do you want to be with?" You know, and it's that whole thing, like, "Uh, you know, the the high school drama." Well, you know, it, 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 and that's that's the case. But as I was watching this, I was like, "God, the, the fucking uh, Julie!" At the one point, okay, now her friends are just start that shit about you know, oh, you know, you should do this and you should do that and everything. And I know when you're, you know, I have to remind myself that they're they're like seventeen, yeah, yeah, and so they're stupid. <laughs> they're and I've, all stupid. I've, I've been in that situation myself, and I know. But I was sitting there, and I was like, that fucking bitch. Uh, they were all bitches, and you know, she just goes, you know, fucking goes back and dumps. She likes Cage. And she didn't even like this other dude, but because her friends start busting her balls. Although you know, I, it was fun seeing their slumber party and fucking, especially uh-huh. da- daily in her little zebra stripe panty set, uh-huh. e- eating uh-huh. Ruffles potato chips yeah. with her little like pigtails. Ruffles potato chips off her butt. God damn. Um, God she's damn. St- she is still still very, very good looking, too. She's mm-hmm. like 50, 51 years old or something. Buddy would be like a... a, a you know when you had those kick balls or dodge balls in school, how they were firm and <laughs> that's how her boobs, her butt, mm-hmm. everything was in this movie. Just compact. Good old Dottie. Pee Wee's uh-huh. big adventure. Poor Pee Wee. No, no, he missed no. out. Pee Wee didn't even fuck her. 
Well, you know, he was like 12. We're supposed to no, be. No, he wasn't. He was a man, man child. child. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> my I can't fa- believe I just said that. <laughs> uh, some of my favorite stuff is when he's like more or less stalking her. Uh, after the fact and like she's laughing about it but he always shows up in these weird situations I, I don't know how he ends up with like 18 jobs but he's just following her everywhere fucking, now you're telling me that Tommy didn't know that was him like when he was like Peter Piper picks pick, pick peppers <laughs> oh my god I busted out it was the dumbest joke of the whole movie but he's at, the, he's at the door of the movie theater smoking a fucking cigarette wearing these giant 3D glasses and was it was, was he wearing a fez did, did he it's yeah, kinda, like that. he had something on his head yeah and Tommy's like bitchin is this movie in 3D and he's like no but your face is <laughs> it is totally in 3d and i busted out laughing like an idiot and i also laughed right afterwards when they're at the drive-in uh the the drive-in like a uh, uh, diner or whatever it is and he like leans in and he says is that when he says peter piper picked a pickle pickle Something peppers? like that and his gum flies out of his mouth into tommy's <laughs> lap and tommy's like oh, this guy's stupid <laughs> and if he didn't tommy's dumber than i thought if he didn't realize that was fucking cage with his gross teeth <laughs> <laughs> um so yeah i mean it keeps the movie keeps going you know you get the final showdown whatever the f- food fight blah 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 the prom <laughs> the fucking karate was hilarious <laughs> bowen bowen does some karate later in the movie <laughs> and he looks fucking absurd he's he's doing his fucking dolph lundgren karate stance <laughs> you know the white guy karate stance but making almost he almost makes a fucking bruce lee noise and Oh, he looks like a dummy, and he gets just—I <laughs> won't say what happens, but that was fun. I don't know. This movie hit me just right. I'm glad that I finally saw it. And goddamn, speaking of you know, talking about broke back, and we we said this off the air, but it's the kind of that's the kind of movie that makes you feel like you know, regretting some things you might miss or just done wrong. I regret that I missed this movie for this many years. This is a, this movie's been around for 30 fucking years almost, and I'm really sad that it took me this long to see it. So let's hear what you had to th- say about it. Um, hmm. Well, one thing, um, I guess they did say that um, they wanted to get Michelle Pfeiffer to play Julie. Mm-hmm. So when you look at the poster, which is an, like I think an artist rendition of the, of uh Randy and Julie. Julie looks like Michelle Pfeiffer because I think it is Michelle Pfeiffer. Uh, okay, I, found, uh, I just found another song. This is not in the movie, but I like this song. Sorry. One, two, three, four. I know what boys like. <laughs> okay. I know, I know what guys. But was that the motels or who the was waitresses? That? Waitresses. Yeah, I know something. Like that. Um, that was in a. That was in some movie. Probably. Was that in Fast Times? It's very possible. That had a great soundtrack, too. Yeah. Um, but anyway, um, I don't know. This is one of those ones that really... I, I Now, just speaking for myself, because this actually took place when I was in fucking high school, so mm-hmm. it does definitely take me back. That's awesome. Um, but is it is it... Like, like we always said, like, Dazed and Confused, it seems like no matter when you went to school... A lot of people say when they watch it, it reminds them of. Oh sure, totally, totally. Does this one kind of do that too? Yeah, you get because when when high school students are written written well in movies, even yeah. if they're not entirely realistic, which I think the people in this are a little over the top at times, yeah. but but it's for a reason. Well, when you think about it, kids are kids, and high yeah, school when you get when you when they're written when they're written well and they're 
characters that you care about or like to hate, like Tommy and yeah. all the bitches, the, um, you know, it, it, it's going to remind you because there's that kind of people in high school too. There's the assholes and there's the... And well, let just, me let you... I'll tell you something, and I know you know this. There's those kind of people in, in just regular life too. <laughs> you have the bitches, the assholes, the, yeah. the frat boy jocks like Jake McClarge huge. And, uh, <laughs> MMA. Yeah, MMA. Kick some ass. Oh, ooh, he's like, I don't even want to give him that. Uh, we'll talk to him about that when, when he's on our show we do the uh, Korean, Korean wrestling, Japanese yeah. wrestling movies. Uh, but um, I really just, you know, like I said, I've seen this movie so many times. This was uh, my, one of my sisters, if not both of them, one of their favorites, you know. And like you said, it goes along it right in there with like Pretty in Pink and uh, uh, fucking, uh, you know, Fast Times and shit like that. It, it's, it's right in there with those. Uh, it's kind of cool to see Cage. Uh, you know, young, and you know, now you look at him, and he's just a spectacle. He looks like some kind of goddamn circus freak show, something or other. Yeah, yeah. He's become he has become Nicolas Cage, uh, which is a character in itself. You know, um, Foreman. I was always surprised because uh, you know she was good in this. She was good in my show. Her and she was like you said, she was cute. She she wasn't like this super duper sexy girl. She was kind of I don't know if I want to say the girl next door, but she's kind of uh, you know like a non threatening cute girl that like the other like girls wouldn't hate her mm-hmm. and guys would like her. Um, but I was surprised that she kind of dropped out there for a, quite a while, and because people would be like, wonder whatever happened to her, and and I guess she's still working. And the ones stuff. It's this. <laughs> I know this I'm going down the fucking YouTube wormhole here. I'm just that sidebar that appears is killing the me. Wormhole. Um, now I thought uh, Lee Purcell. I always, I've always thought she was hot. And uh, the the whole. Uh, I'll tell you what. Now, of course, Lauren Elizabeth Daly always made me fucking hot watching this movie mm-hmm. but the whole thing with Lee Purcell the older woman the God, friend's I wish that, mother I wish that was explored a little bit more yes and the dude and I always when when he brought the groceries over and they were playing the little cat and mouse thing and she was like why don't you t- skip oh why my don't God. you tell what you want and everything and he was just you know and that's how any guy would be at that age. You're yeah, dumb. Nervous Whereas as hell. now, you'd be like, okay, let's go and fuck, you know, why are we playing all these stupid games? Uh, you um, know what? This is the second time she's been on the show. Seven, she was in Big Wednesday. Yeah, Big Wednesday. Yeah, she was hot in that too. Yeah. I just, yeah, uh, Frederick Forrest, I like the one part, he he has this like tight t-shirt on that says like the name, I think of their, yeah, of their health food store. Health food store. And he's kind of got a po- little pooch, little belly. <laughs> he does. And, uh, he says something about his wife like, you know, no, hey, they they didn't play on this at all. His wife might have had the the all star tits of the movie. <laughs> There's a part she walks out and she she was a bear, terrible actress. I don't know who she was, but yeah. she was hiding some 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 whoppers behind those shirts, those baggy shirts of hers. I like when when uh, what's her name came in and uh, she was <clears throat> she was in the uh, fucking apocalypse now too. Was she really? <laughs> Was she in Apocalypse Now? She had to be one of those strippers because they were the only Richmond, women in the movie. Richmond. Sarah Richmond, or yeah, Colleen Camp is her name. Yeah, Colleen Camp, and uh, I bet you, yeah, she had yeah, she was the the one playmate, Miss May. Nice. Uh, 
Because I was going to say there was there was only three goddamn fucking women in the goddamn movie, and there was the strippers. Well, she was a hot little piece uh, back and in the day. Look at her. Too, so you know, nice. Yeah. She's not a very good actress, though. Yeah, well, whatever. It don't matter. Who cares? Uh, <laughs> but like I said, uh, the the uh, the part where um, what's her name, uh, Lee Purcell, was kind of. She she said uh, now she was the stepmother she wasn't the real mother because Fred walked up to the girl and said hey how's your mother and she goes she's dead <laughs> <laughs> but uh, Lee Purcell was the stepmother and I guess she kind of had a uh, she was like the husband the dad was like cuckold and uh, and um, she even said that she kind of had a she said that the girl I can't remember what which was it Stacy. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, um, had kind of a rivalry with her because mm-hmm. she was stepmom, but in reality, I think Lee herself had the rivalry with the girl. Yeah, yeah, with her own daughter. Da, almost. Da, da. <laughs> yeah. Come on, on dude. <laughs> um, but uh, other than that, I mean, you know, you pretty much covered just about everything. It was it was a good movie. I like when uh, when they went to uh, when they took Julie and Stacy to. The uh, down to the shitty. Well, I wouldn't say shitty area, but you know, down to, to well, shitty for the but, shitty for what they were used to. Yeah, uh, I think it would have. I think it would have been better if they would have went in there and like Black Flag was fucking playing. They were yeah. spinning like that. Well, for real. <laughs> but you know, hey, I, I can buy the Sure Thing and Valley Girl on a double double feature DVD, six dollars used. I like Sure Thing. I should buy that. Okay. Anyway. But it was, uh, you know, it's a. Uh, I like the movie. You know, like I said, you you, you pretty much covered it. Awesome. Um, let's get into ratings here. It's a good end. Uh, and it's you know we this is this is is this our first comedy? No, no, uh, no. We we actually we talked about we covered this a little bit in Brokeback when we talked because we said talking about giving a movie a ten or whatever. We did. Yeah. Uh, we did two dark comedies. Remember? Oh, uh, Groundhog Day. Groundhog Day and the other one with what's his face. <laughs> um, the other but, one with uh, what's his face. You know that one. Uh, this, like I said, I, I'm sad that I missed this. Uh, I would have loved to have had this movie as part of my, my memory banks all these well, years. Now but can start watching it now. I can start annually. watching it yearly. So I'm sure I'll revisit this one. I, I this is a buy for me. It's not a great movie. Uh, the end, just like broke back. The end choked me up. <laughs> <laughs> But only because it's a very nostalgic feel through the whole yeah. movie, and I just, I you know, it's a stupid ending, and I liked it. Um, I give this an eight point two five. I liked it a lot. Uh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna up you and say an eight point five. Nice scoop. I'm gonna scoop you. You scoop me, old favorite for Zom. Awesome. Yeah, yeah, it's an old favorite. I'm an old favorite. All right, that's enough of Dexy's Midnight just Runners. Old favorite. <laughs> I farted too, and it was very damp. Uh, uh, yeah, a little bit, a little damp, a little damp, a little, little some moisture going on. Uh, let's take a break and do a little. <laughs> that chick, that chick Julie is truly dazzling. <laughs> nice. Uh, let's take a break and come back and do a little bit of feedback. Okay, we'll be right back. But my balls in. When I come home after a hard day's work. There's nothing better than listening to outside the cinema. I like to draw a bubble bath and get in there and play with the bubbles and 
Sometimes I fart in the tub and some of the bubbles come up and I'll scoop a bubble up in my hand and I'll pop it and smell my own fart. I like to smell my asshole. Coming out his asshole! <laughs> <laughs> I had to put it in. Damn, I stink. Using all my breath. Making love to you was never second best. I saw the world rushing all around your face. Never really knowing it was always mesh and late. Everybody, I'll stop the world and melt with you. Damn, I need to play this while the voicemail plays, but I can't do it. Not that technologically advanced, steady. Alright, so we got some voicemails. I'm going to read. We got an email from... Uh, Good old Alan. Alan. Ellen. Alan L. Uh, from uh, Denmark or Norway or something. Sweden. Um, or Sweden. Something. I think he's the he's he, yeah somewhere he lives the over there. Danish, he's the Danish Swede. He lives somewhere cold, uh, not hot, nasty and hot. Yeah. Oh, Hello. you know, you just said nasty and hot, and it just reminded me that being that as that we use the Freebirds. Uh, oh, fucking music, Buddy Rogers. Buddy Jack Roberts. Bro, yeah, Buddy Rogers. I just said Buddy Rogers. Who the f- Buddy Rogers was a different wrestler. <laughs> yes, he was. Buddy Roberts. Buddy Roberts away. died. He was only sixty-five. God, I thought he, he was had older than that. cancer. Yeah, he was not in good shape. He was talking with one of those little voice boxes or something. Yeah, right? he uh, when he did a shoot interview, he had a, a trach. Fuck. And talk to this thing. Yeah, it's sad. You know, if we just said uh, off the air, you know, how time flies. And, you know, yeah. like I said, when we're talking about uh, uh, Valley Girls being like 30 fucking years old, you know, Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. Where does it go? I had a Buddy Roberts. I had the, back when I was a kid, I had an AWA wrestling ring. And nice. I had the I had uh, the the fabulous Freebirds uh, three pack. It was Michael Hayes, Terry Gordy, and Buddy Roberts. I had their action <laughs> figures, and on the other side it was let's see. I also had Larry Zbysko and Ric Flair, and and, it was and, a, and a Greg Gagne, which was just two <laughs> fucking Q tips tied together. <laughs> and uh, it was a wooden wrestling ring. This thing was awesome. Uh, yeah. It was so loud when you'd slam the wrestler, the little action figures. They were like He Man figures. They were about that. They were built like that. Fucking except for Gordy. For some reason, they made Gordy fat. And they made everybody else. Gordy wasn't exactly skinny. Well, he wasn't, but fucking, you know, uh, Larry Zbysko was like hairy and kind of barrel shaped too. And they made him just the same He-Man body as everybody else. So (laughs) anyway, the, um, but I love that thing. I I think it might still be somewhere at my parents. So, uh, anyway, Alan says, hello, Zaman Loaf. It's been a while since I've gone, since I've gone, done some feedback, but with all the celebrity feedback you've been getting, my inferiority complex held me back. That is true. Sly, Sly has been... 
He must be bored after Expendables 2. He doesn't have anything better to do except call our little shitty show. I said, I mean, why would you possibly want why would you want possibly want my points of view when you can get several different Sly's opinions? Wait, he's implying Yeah, why would we? He's implying that there's more than one Sly calling. I thought it was all the same. Um he loved I love the I loved Love the latest Blame Mikey episode. I was ready for you hating on the movies as much as you did on one of the post-apocalyptic movies. I thought the first in the name was pretty good Sunday entertainment. So now we, so now I have to watch the Dolph part two ASAP. Uh, you made that blood rain thingy sound pretty entertaining as well. So I'll give it a go at some point. I need to dive into bowls catalog again. Eh, be careful. Um, I'm still trying to figure out why they called that first. And I never thought of this until after the fact. What was it like uh, in the name of the king? Dungeon siege something. Dungeon siege. Um, now I, I don't. When dungeon, was there a dungeon siege? Anything in that? Dun, dungeon siege was a, a video game. Okay. Well, yeah, he was known for making like uh, yeah. video game shit. Oh my god, we used to hack the shit out of. It was one summer uh, where we we just hacked the shit out of Dungeon <laughs> Siege, and basically you could get it where you could fucking like unlock a lightsaber and shit, and like when you would attack enemies, they would just explode. <laughs> nice. <laughs> we would play through that game so much one summer. We just we got so bored of it because we made our character so ridiculously strong we couldn't. Uh, our little couldn't guys, yeah, we we could. I mean, we couldn't be touched, and we just, you know, we would crack up for about two weeks, and then we got bored of it. So, um, he can't think of it. I can't think of anything else to say. So keep up the good work at the Uwe Bowl Podcast. Regards, Al. Hey, Thank Al. you, sir. All right. So I'm going to play the Metal Mikey feedback from last week that I skipped because it would have been extra awkward for this poor bastard to listen to his own voice. So. Almost as awkward as him calling us two bags. <laughs> what a fucker. On our own show. So first voicemail from Mike. Oh my god, I'm totally calling Lofum right now. Namely, Metal Mikey. And guess what? Holy shit, guess what? I've got stuff to talk about. With stuff that you talked about on the show. Yeah! yeah. Alright, let's go through it. Number one, Lof, I'm disappointed in you. You want to know why I'm disappointed in you? I know you don't you like sweet potatoes. Mm-hmm. Zom, back me up on this. A nice good day yeah. sweet potato pone. Mm, num, num, I am num. what I am. Next up, <laughs> movies that you talked about that I actually have seen. One, one third entry in Blood Rain, namely Blood Rain, the third like. Yes. I enjoyed it. And my only disappointment with it was not so much the movie itself, but because... I did the local rental thing with it, and my disc crapped out on me about 30 minutes left in the film. So I have no idea how Blood Rain ends at this point, <laughs> but I do really want to revisit it because, for one, I do not hate Uwe Boll's films. Two, the Blood Rain that they got for, I think, is this one, and I believe Wolf mentioned the second one, is hot as hell. Mm-hmm. And three, it was a fun movie up until that point. I'll Number think. two, Blade. Um, I do not fucking hate Wesley Snipes. Ah, he's just racist. Even though I hated the choice I made of a movie yeah. that I covered of his on my Some show, of his best friends but are Wesley I do Snipes. not hold that against Wesley himself. <laughs> but Wade, I have to say that I am in the crowd. All right, next one. Metal Mikey Part Two, because yeah. for some fucking reason, Justin can call for like ten hours in a row. <laughs> even though I love the guy. But, God, he can come for 10 hours, and I can't even call for two minutes until I get cut off. Anyway, yes, Blade. Like the second one more, but the first one is so respectful. (laughs) Like, let's just say, if I were to give the second one an 8, I'd give Blade, the original, 7.5. It still is a really well-done movie. 
and Action Jackson. That one yeah. I did cover on the show uh. for Absolute Positive. And I can't remember for the life of me the rating I gave it, but I remember for the most part the movie itself. What show is he talking about exactly? I don't um, know what he's saying. Metal Mikey, round three, what the fuck? Again, <laughs> what the fuck? Why does this line keep hanging up on me? Action Jackson, I thought it was okay, really. I didn't hate it, but it wasn't really like memorable about it. Crazy. However, I do have Crazy. to agree, Carl Weathers is a fucking charisma magnet, and he needed to be in much more action movies because he was just fun to watch. So that's all my thoughts before we get cut off. Yeah, again... I will talk to you both <laughs> again soon. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, yeah. What? Also, have a happy Thanksgiving. Eat lots of food and shit. All right. Talk to you later. Good old Justin. All right. Thank you. And yeah, as I said, Mikey was on the show last week. So if you're just a new listener and you want some more Metal Mikey, listen to our show last week for a couple shitty reviews of two shitty movies. Uh, yeah, Action Attraction is where you get all the Mikey you could ever want and more. And every tenuous link in between, his yeah. balls and his butthole. Tenuous link, Mikey's taint. <laughs> Next, <Yeah. laughs> voicemail. You're right there, fucking silver and gold. It's quite got a fucking bone to pick with you. It's fucking Sylvia, fucking rough work here. You know, I was busy fucking sucking cock. The Roth Rock. Well, listen to your fucking show. You know what? I heard my fucking name, man. Metal fucking Mikey on. (laughs) You know, and you know what else? You doctors, um, you know what? You were fucking making fun of him with your with your metal Mikey fucking voice. I, for one, don't fucking like it. (laughs) You know what? And then fucking Miss Romney fucking rings in. And you know what? I was about to go and fucking kick the fucking White House walls in, you know? That's what I was gonna fucking do. I'm really confused about who this is. I mean, it's I Cynthia Rothrock. <laughs> what? Yeah. That makes absolutely he got perfect sense. Made president. But fucking thank God he did not. I fucking warned you, you bastards. Then he'd be making fun. Of my fucking friend, Metal Mikey, again. <laughs> I'm watching fucking Fish Called Fucking Wanda here. I'm fucking Cynthia Rothrock. All right. <laughs> that sounds good to me. Oh, my God. That's amazing. Yay. We got a call from Cynthia Rothrock. She did not sound like on the phone what I thought she would sound like from the movies I've seen of her. So, <laughs> so uh, yeah. Next. Voicemail. Thank you, Cynthia. Uh, maybe not. Here we go. Silver and gold. There it goes. Uh, James here from Australia, and in true silver and gold fashion, I thought I'd call in while sitting on the shitter. Seeing as that seems to be some kind of fetish thing that you guys like to do on the Facebook page, which is somewhat disturbing, but uh, I thought I'd be the first person to call in while sitting on the... More to come. Uh, yes, uh, the last episode, 
the In the Name of the King 1 and 2. I think it was the Dungeon Siege movies, U-Bowl. Uh, I never watched the fucking... U-Bowl. never watch a lot of the movies that you guys review, but I just love listening to the shows. So, uh, but that uh, second one with Dolph Lundgren and the um, impressions by Zom there yes. had me in stitches. Uh, stitches. I love the... Uh, Stinches. <laughs> I love their the, the voice, the, the broken jaw voice, or whatever it is. That I you love do. the Dolph voice. <laughs> it's pretty bloody funny, and uh, it's good to good to have Mikey on there. Need and... <laughs> 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 oh. some more there. fiber. Uh, yeah, it was good to have Mikey on the show. He's uh, like he's always ball. good. I've actually sort of just started listening to Mikey too. Um, I've just downloaded the last three or four episodes of his, so. Um, you know, I should have been onto his show a lot earlier, but uh, Mikey, I'm on board now, so uh, yeah. keep it up, bud. I'll probably send you in some voicemail, not <laughs> style of silver and gold, obviously, but uh, oh, that's what that is. Anyway, uh, keep up the show, boys. I love it. <laughs> oh, God damn. <laughs> oh, i better give that a scrub there. And... <laughs> yeah. Ooh. Yep. Hey, what is he scrubbing? Oh, no, I was even here. His ass. Anyway, uh, keep up the show, and I'll whew, and I'll uh, talk to you boys next time. Love ya. See ya. There was a um, I saw this show like the one of those addiction type shows, and there was a woman. Oh, fuck you! Turn this thing off. <laughs> <laughs> There was a, the, a a woman who was so disgusted by taking a shit. Every time she would, she would get in the shower and she would fucking put a toothbrush in her asshole and clean it out. Ow! Oh, she was yeah. She was she was disgusted by shit, but sticking a toothbrush in her asshole not a problem, to- not a problem at all. Jesus Christ! All right, thank you, pooping bad James. Next voicemail. Hey, silver gold. Um, hope the. Uh- Distorting and drowning out my phone call or whatever. Um, this is Sylvester Stallone or, or Mitt Romney. It doesn't really matter. We all just kind of bleed together. Sylvester Romney. Um, I'm glad you guys liked The Name of the King 2. I've not seen the first one. I've kind of toyed with it. <sighs> but it, it's too long. Too, uh, it's blood clot. My legs for sitting here. Whatever. Sorcery, Lord of the Rings. Whatever. Um, yeah, I like the uh, I like the second one. I think it's all on like one long YouTube video that I watched one day. And yeah, it's a something remarkable. And I I definitely enjoyed it. Um, I also I really appreciate hearing how people think that uh, Lundgren looks just exactly like a Frankenstein monster. <laughs> I also think uh, I don't know yes. if other people see this like I do. I think Matt Smith. I think is his name. The current Doctor Who mm-hmm. looks sort of like a like a decrepit Frankenstein. He's a little like odd looking. Head. I don't know. It's clear to make like this romantic comedy, like Tim Burton Frankenstein. I think he'd be probably one of the first people that can. Nice. He's kind of a weird looking person. Um, I like the idea of like a slobs versus snobs Frankenstein movie, or like Frankenstein has perfected a formula for creating monsters but after a lot of trial and error and like Dolph is like the handsome successful like country club going monster <laughs> and, like maybe John C. Riley is his like schlubby brother and there are these two like sides of this Frankenstein monster family and they have to compete in like a I don't know like a tournament to see which one is uh, has the most heart or something like that 
But, uh, yeah, I'm uh, looking forward to your next show. Thinking of uh, revisiting, what is it, uh, Broadway Mountain again. Mm-hmm. Uh, keep up the good work. Talk to you later. Bye. Was that Cody? I have no idea who that was. I think so. Thank you, sir. Um, yeah, the, maybe maybe we could do a Dolph John C. Riley movie where they are twins, but like, and it's like a kind of a, a crime caper kind of movie, and John C. Riley is like the shit left over twin. And wait, that sounds familiar. It's not the Tuma. It's not a Tuma. From the staff. Next voicemail. Uh oh. Might have to save this one to next week. Sorry, staff. Uh, this one does not seem to want to work. I will save this one and work on it for next week. Staff. I think it must be fucking. Uh, what's his name? Scott Staff. The Scott one that Stapp? was in that fucking Jesus rock group. I don't know. That's Scott Stapp. I don't know who Staff is. Anyway, well, I'll, I'll get that. Sorry, uh, sorry, uh, you know who you are from the staff. I'll get this to play next week. For some reason, it won't open right now. So, um, next one, Sly is fucking pissed at you guys. Hey, Stallone, <laughs> this is Sylvester Stallone here. Hey, you guys talked about Expendables too. And, uh, turns out that you didn't hate it as much as you first thought. That's because I made the best fucking action movie of all time. That it doesn't already start me, Sylvester Stallone, because all my films are the best action movie of all time. Um, but you guys, you fucking, you every time you talk about me or my movies or what I look like, you fucking, you going ah oh, sly, you fucking doing the steroids, man. What the fuck? <laughs> Fucking, I ain't doing no fucking steroids. Fucking, I fucking, I fucking work out every day. Fucking drink protein shakes. Fucking, earlier on the day in Hollywood, I fucking met up with Jason uh. Statham. And we fucking went to the gym, took our fucking tops off, got our fucking oiled up and fucking got our muscles out fucking... <laughs> Go work up and fucking had a big fucking protein shake each. It was fucking beautiful, man. Fucking the other thing, fucking if I had steroids, my fucking balls would be tiny. I ain't got tiny balls. I got big dick. I fucking sly. My dick is fucking huge. My my balls are like big fruit that are filled full of spunk. And I fucking chug off all the women's faces. They fucking love that shit, man. <laughs> fucking, if I took steroids, I wouldn't be able to do that shit. You know? Yeah, I'm fucking a 66-year-old man. <laughs> I fucking look like any other fucking 66-year-old man who fucking work out as much as I do, drink as much protein shake as I do. <laughs> fucking, you know, look at any other 66-year-old man who fucking does all the working out that I do, and they'd be as fucking muscular as me. And they ain't on no fucking steroids. You fucking... You guys, man, you fucking get me all pissed off again. <laughs> I can't fucking believe it. I love you guys, but you make me fucking mad. I might have to start listening to the fucking GGTMC guys instead. Ooh, that fucking, that at least they respect me and fucking don't go all sly. He's fucking on the steroids. He's fucking juiced up, man. Fucking... Why does he get so out of breath? <laughs> just the steroids. I mean, uh, what? 
Ah, <laughs> uh, we got one more. Uh oh, I recognize this number. It is I, uh, the Cinemasticus <laughs> Justin Overholster, and God damn it, I need to go to uh, bed. I'm not calling in with any quirky and obscene jokes and what have not you, uh, whatever the hell that meant. I'm calling he to honor sad. a lost one. I am calling to remember something that is that, that is no more, something that was a part of all of us. I'm, of course, speaking of golden lips and gentlemanly hips. <laughs> oh, yeah. But you see, the gods of Facebook, they just, they just couldn't handle the sexiness, the vulgar, the, the plain amazement that golden lips and gentlemanly hips brought. So they took it for its time, and now we must all weep. So I think the only thing fitting for a goodbye is a ten-bell salute. Unfortunately, we're too cheap to have a bell, so I'm just going to make dinging noises. Ding! Ding! <laughs> Uh-oh. He's actually going to do all ten. I lost count. Shall I rewind? So, let's all mourn, but we'll remember, very so memorably, golden lips and gentlemanly hips. And let us not be angry at the Facebook gods, but move on with our lives and just remember the good times. And maybe, just maybe, one day, Facebook gods will forgive us for our trespasses and sins and give us back gold lips and gentlemanly hips. Thank you. Yeah, so anybody that doesn't know, we had the little dirty group. Dirtier than our group. (laughs) And uh, we got the squelch put on us. Yeah. About 30 or so of us woke up <laughs> Saturday morning without Facebook accounts. <laughs> and uh, were you one of them, by the way? No, I came home from work. And because um, remember, I didn't join the group right. for a long time. You noticed that Mikey's account was gone. And uh, I came home, and like all your guys' pictures, when it says <laughs> my friends on my friends list. Yeah, yeah. You were still on there, but you had no profile picture. It was just the generic thing before you put a profile picture on, and it nothing, and it wasn't highlighted. Like you couldn't click on your accounts and see anything. You know, you know. And I was like, "What the fuck's going on?" And I started thinking, "All these motherfuckers got together, and they're they're playing a rib on me, (laughs) and they 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 have fucking all blocked me." Is what I thought it was. No, it was. you guys got fucking nailed we by got nailed. censorship. The funniest thing about it, I hardly posted in that group at all, and the only things I ever posted were like fat dudes jerking off. <laughs> well, <laughs> that's probably why I got banned. Oh, I was an admin. That's why I got banned. Yeah. Um, they only banned the admins. Yeah. Well, no, I think they got a lot of people. So Did they? Well, maybe there's a lot of admins. I don't even I know. I wasn't even on there anymore. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. So I just can look at pictures of naked women all the time. 
Yeah, so the, the the group the group went the way of the dodo. Um, so did our accounts briefly. So it was a little panic moment for most of us. Yeah, like, but everybody just fucking. I think dope. poor Martin what had the, to make a new you account. Could just start your own. Just start another. Well, I didn't have to start another one. I was able to. I was able to get through the security <laughs> checkpoints. I What'd guess. What they ask. Well, my I think I don't know if everybody's were the, were the same, but basically what they did, it said your account has been locked due to suspicious activity. I'm like, what the mm-hmm. fuck? So I came on and they had me go through a series of photos of friends, and they were like, and they'd give me an, like multiple choice, like who is this that's tagged? Oh yeah, yeah. Just, and then, but it wasn't really because of that. They just wanted me to have to go through this so that eventually I could read the thing at the end saying, "By the way, you're a dirty son of a bitch, and we we don't appreciate it. We've deleted this information." Don't let it happen again, kind of thing. Well, they deleted the whole group, didn't they? Yeah, yeah, whole group's gone. So, um, so yeah, that's it for. Uh, well, Could you just start the group over again? Call it something else and just do it again. Yeah, in in it's, uh, what's funny, I don't think it's something that was discovered. Um, I, I, typically, the only way you would get flagged like that is if somebody reports something. I think a photo might have been reported by accident. Mm. Because everybody, that's what I heard. Everybody in that group was. Uh, you know, we're all of like minds, and and again, <laughs> fucking weird. I was just in it because I'm lazy about leaving groups. I didn't even hardly look at it anymore. But well, that's why I just you know we yeah. have so many groups. I, I I got I wasn't even on there at first, and then I got on just for maybe a couple of days, and mm-hmm. then I just fucking you know yeah. It's like eh, it's just naked chicks. We see that all the time anyway. But um, yeah, so. Yeah. I, I think somebody, you know, the, it's it's easy to report things uh, because it's, it's close to certain, like, saving files or whatever. And I think it was probably just done by accident. So it got the attention of somebody it didn't need to. So, yeah, whatever. Yeah, whatever. We'll still post titties on silver and gold. Fuck it. Um, are we, are we, st- have we, are we doing that? I don't know. I posted fucking Elizabeth. Well, I know you did. Me. Yeah, whatever. Um, <laughs> I, I'm just going to take myself off as the admin. So if you get busted, then I won't. Um, so we've been talking about, uh, you know, I was throwing around the idea of starting a forum or something just for people that want to just talk about whatever, you know, you have Facebook, to, like, chat <laughs> Dirty quickly. Shit. but uh, you know. <laughs> we're going to start a fucking start a forum and like start this whole big thing just so we can post but, pictures of tits and talk about fat guys jacking off. And, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Because be that's just the way we is. That's the way we is. We ain't gonna change, Daddy. Um, so cool. That's I see a people. fat guy jacking off every day. <laughs> oh, oh, oh. <laughs> 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 <Fuck you, Dad>. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. Um, shit, I need to open up the movies we're doing next week. Um, o'clock. I just got a head rush from that. <laughs> <laughs> the uh, so next week on the show, thanks for everybody for sending us feedback. I can go through that. The um, <laughs> <laughs> fucking shit. Um, so next week on the show, um, I guess uh, let me just get through the I guess the thanks part. Thanks for everybody for sending us feedback. Uh, like yeah. I said, check out Action Traction. Thank you, Sly, again for calling us, and Justin. Take check out. Uh, <clears throat> uh, freaking awesome network and his various ventures and buy his damn book. Yeah. And um, uh, you can always send us feedback to 206-339-1600 or uh, record us a voicemail or send us an email to silvagoldpodcast at gmail.com. 
Uh, join our Facebook group at facebook.com slash group slash Silva and Gold. And as always, find the show on iTunes and on uh, silvaandgold.com. Um, and if you want to leave some more uh, iTunes reviews, we always like it, Daddy. Do we? Have we looked at those? I, I think I think they're all good. That's good. So. Oh, man. Um, so next week on the show, um, kind of a last-minute choice. We got some lined up that it looked pretty cool coming up. We ha- it might be a line of shit, but we'll see. Um, so, uh, uh, Gronky, if you listen to the show, we will get to your Asian sports movies coming up soon. Uh, and Jake, we'll, we're going to try to get with Jake soon to do a, a Korean wrestling double feature. Um, but next week, we're doing... Uh, an other brothers double feature. Um, we have first, speaking of Stallone, we have Frank Stallone in a film mm. called, oh, Cameron Mitchell's in this too. Um, yeah. in a film called terror in Beverly Hills. Just when you thought the streets were safe. Um, they brought, they brought terrorism to our streets. Only one man could stop them. So yeah, Frank Stallone in Terror in Beverly Hills. And uh, the other film, um, we had toyed, this, toyed with this one at the time of, uh, of um, Hard Target. Um, but we're going to do a... a, a I've strict- got our second Chad McQueen fucking venture. <laughs> this one's, uh, the, the other brother in this one is Don Swayze. Uh, so Don Swayze, <laughs> Chad McQueen, and Mike Norris—that's Chuck Norris, Chuck Norris's baby—in um, Death Ring. Death Ring from 1992. Like an old asshole. <laughs> oh my god. Uh, so yeah, that should be good. Death Ring and uh, Terror in Beverly Hills next week. Star-studded right here. Um, so yeah, again, thank you everybody for feeding back. Um, I fucking have to go to bed because I have to get Eat up. Sack. Um, Dom, do you have anything else to add? I have nothing to add. Nothing at all. We love ourselves and nobody else. We will see you all or something next week. Until then, this is Loaf Oot. Dom Oot. Bye. Let's a dog.